And welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we're live here on YouTube and we'll be live in podcast form later. Uh, also, uh, hopefully the lag's not too bad and he didn't just see me and James just looking out into nothing and then suddenly the image comes on. <laughs> hopefully I timed it right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Anyway, uh, yes, I'm once again joined by uh, One Nation Radio from Social Suplex. It's Mr. James Boyd. Welcome back, James Boyd, to a. Uh, uh, a hell of an NXT for you to return to. Yeah, so it was an okay show. Probably, <laughs> yeah, I'd say that bad. It was mid. It was mid, but, you know, at least we get to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So whenever we've uh, done this before, the NXT's been a bit, uh, this is the best part. <laughs> getting to talk about it, getting to explain why things were a bit. Uh... However, we're going to yeah. start in Happy Lands. We're going to talk about the Adam Cole Undisputed Era. That's yeah, me putting it in the hippest way possible. Let's go to Happy Lands, James. <laughs> Let's talk about the Undisputed Era. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, as I've titled it in my notes, Adam Cole's Why Sting? Why? <laughs> as he is, <laughs> comes out to cut his... Pro- I've, I've wanted to call that. This, that's what I want to give this uh, title for this episode for tonight before suddenly remembering, oh, no, AW. I can't use that now unless we're talking about AW. Oh, damn it, Sting. <laughs> he had to go to AW. Uh, <laughs> people get confused. People got confused by my uh, Bobbily Lashes nickname on Sunday because that's what I call Bobby Lashley often on the review. And people in this were just commenting in the whilst I was live, was like, Bobbily Lashes, who's that? It's like, come on, <laughs> surely you can get it. <laughs> come on, it's not that difficult. Uh, but yeah, Adam Cole with his, well, why am I, uh, why is Adam Cole like this? What What's his reasoning for going, uh, for turning on the Unspeaked Era, attacking Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, his kerfuffles of last week? And he comes out to explain himself. And he cuts a promo as if he's had second thoughts about his actions. Or is he full on goading in to punch a man in the dick? <laughs> Which one was it? <laughs> Which one was it? <laughs> like, all apologetic to Kyle before Roddy came out not buying a single second of it. Like, again, one of my uh, kind of praises from last week was the fact that they didn't do what we've seen on the main roster where the two feuding or the two interacting... No, last week we saw Finn Balor's fist out and Roddy wants answers and Pete does like, well, I can batter him then because they're distracted. It's like, yes, the whole world still happens regardless of it. So that was a big praise that I had last week. And they've kind of continued it a bit with, even though Adam Cole's talking to Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong still wants answers. Finn Balor still wants to batter him. So it, yeah, it still continues. The wheels keep spinning. And whether Cole was honest or not, Strong doesn't know if he'll be able to stop Kyle O'Reilly from doing what he's going to do to Cole when Finn Balor then ran down, as I was just saying, reminding us he's just as amped to attack Adam as the others. But with Strong there, he wasn't particularly able to have his Cole kerfuffle. And Roddy had the chance to kick Cole's lights out, but instead listened to Adam's apologies. And BAM! Right in the nads. <laughs> Cole suckered him in, cementing the end of the era in true WWE style. A dick punch. So, James, uh, how are you uh, taking the Undisputed Era stuff so far? I guess including tonight. Huh. How do I put into words how I feel about... I'm of two minds. I'm going to give you my first mind. My first mind was this was very well executed 
Adam Cole is always has always as long as I've ever seen him has been a great promo. This continues that trend. Great promo, right emotion, seemed contrite. Um, you know, seemed like he was generally you know disgusted with himself and you know regrets regretful, right? Um, Roddy comes out. Roddy has probably the best emotion I've ever seen out of Roddy on a pro on a promo. Like I don't, he's not necessarily a promo guy. He can carry you know what he needs to carry to get you know his neck to get his uh his program moved along, but he's not a great promo guy. I thought, I thought you actually felt that he was genuinely upset with Adam Cole. Um, and I like the interaction of, you know, Roddy could stop Balor, but all it took from, from Balor was a, a simple shove because he, after all, Roddy is pissed off at Adam Cole. Um, and all the, you know, all the fighting and, you know, I'll let you get your licks in, but I'm not going to let you take his, kill him. That sort of thing, like that we've seen that we, we that's understandable, that's relatable, um, and dynamics when you're also pissed off at somebody that deserves an ass whooping or you know something you know something bad happens to them. I, I get that. Um, and then I also like the part where you know he he shoves him down. Adam Cole's frightened and scared of of Roddy because you know Roddy in a shoot would really whoop his ass. <laughs> and then you know the whole part where you know like I'm I'm furious at you, but I'm mad and you're frightened and all of that stuff. And I I um. And and Roddy's like, look, man, we can we can we can try to save this. You you have screwed this up royally for all of us, but there's still a, a path back. And once he screws him, um, it was like, yeah, okay, I get it. And but the thing for me was, and, and here here comes my second line. Once he hits with the low blow, I was like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 like that's just. Not for a second that you fool me. You did an excellent job doing all this. If you were someone to believe and buy into what was going on, I can hold 100% see it. I wouldn't dare say that somebody um, isn't paying attention if they did it because it was so well done. The problem is Adam Cole has been in NXT since, 2000, since what, the summer of 2016. Mm. It is now the spring of 2021 or the winter of 2021 if you want to. Aside from like Four months out of that entire time, he's been an asshole. I'm sorry, demonetized my bad. He's been a jerk. <laughs> I've already he's said penis. It's gone. <laughs> it's already gone. He's, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. He's been he's been the worst mm. of the worst. Aside from Tommaso Ciampa, the most stinkable person in mm. NXT for almost five years. So it's like, yeah, he's gonna. He just screwed over his friend, um, and then he attacked him after that, and you know, put him in the hospital. Of course, he's gonna screw over uh, Roddy Strong. That. This didn't sway me. It was well done, but I didn't fall for it for a second. So that, that's where I'm mm. on it. It's like, well done, expert, expertly done, well, all that stuff. Great emotion, all that. Not buying it, but I wasn't going to buy it at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like the thing that helps that is the fact that Roderick Strong didn't buy it either at the start. Right. And it was afterwards that he kind of got tricked into him. Like, right at the end, it seemed to all build that he... Roderick Strong is with us. We're not buying it. We know Adam Cole. But then Roderick Strong starts to buy it at the end. And I don't know if that was their attempt of... No, we can get them, though. We can get them. Kind of proof that, no, you got... They got... When I get them, I mean that they could kind of get us on that side as well of, oh, Cole might be being a bit genuine here. But... I get it. I get the... For me, my perspective was, or the way I interpreted it was, Roddy is, is similar to like your brothers, like right, mm. like you have disagreements with your brothers. You sometimes brothers fight, but they'll be damned if they let you know some outsider you know harm them, that mm. sort of thing. Um, and then you know, then once it turned into uh, you know he 
the super kick happened on Finn Balor on the floor. And then, like, once it was time, Roddy got his answer. He got, you know, he got his, I guess, for lack of a better word, a pound, his pound of flesh with the punch or the, the whatever shove or forearm he gave him, put him to the ground. And then, you know, then then after that, it gets to this thing where, like, you know, what have we, you know, the uh, the Triple H, Shawn Michaels, uh, melodramatic, what have we become type thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was one of, yeah, it was like, what have we become? It's like, you know, it's not too late. We can fix this. It, 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 there's some of that when you look at like the Usos a couple months ago with Roman is like mm. you know or, or you know he's like come on man this is John this is this <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> or Josh I thought oh it's Josh this is Josh <laughs> or um, Seth versus the Fiends like Colby no don't do it Colby like, that's oh, uh, <laughs> that's a bad it's, example it's, it's, yeah it is some of the worst when they do that. Mm. Yeah, try to sell the seriousness of it. Oh, I have to feel. Yeah, I hope. Please don't go that way. Like, it'll just be. No, it's not that level. <laughs> please don't do it. <laughs> James putting a horrible, <laughs> horrible idea in there. Like, no, no. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I'm with you that I, I've been relatively enjoying it so far. I like how they're fleshing it out. I think taking out Kyle O'Reilly was a genius move because now you get to flesh out Adam Cole's side and you can. You don't have to rush it either. Because that was one of my critiques yeah. uh, at the end of the year for NXT. I wasn't massively high, and I was just talking about how it felt like it gone very main roster with it. Seeing your feuds, you got to see them face off like three times, and by the end of it, you don't want to see it anymore. Type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just a bit sad that that had been the case. But this year, just doing this has shown me that they are seemingly making more adjustments to be kind of bring back some of that other NXT stuff and less main roster kind of influences. In the fact of you've got a big rivalry in this undisputed era split, and the way to build up Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly is to take one of them out. You don't do that on the main roster because they're gonna be on TV. Got to have them all like doing this stuff. But here, no, you take him out. <laughs> you do a suplex to the steel steps. He's gone. He's not there next week. <laughs> and I, I really like that. I hope I don't, yeah. I'd even have him not there next week either. Continue to build Adam Cole, and just wait. I think though. I'm sorry. It wasn't the word that it was four to six weeks, right? Oh, is that what they said? All right. Well, that's perfect then. I believe they said mm. four to six weeks, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely perfect. You can have him face Roddy, I guess, build up to that. Uh, Cole Roddy, make that feel important. And then I, he maybe even Balor first as well. Maybe even that, like Kyle O'Reilly is the ultimate one at the end. You could maybe just keep holding that one off. Do you make Adam Cole champion to make it a title match as well? He doesn't need it because it's a full-on grudge. But if you're... I don't know. Because then they can paint yeah, I mean... uh, Cole and Balor as like a big story they've been doing on purpose since uh, summer of last year with that Iron Man. And then, then it was Cole versus uh, Finn Balor. You can maybe pretend you're doing a long-term story there, I guess. Yeah. Right, keyword yeah. pretend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like they'd done enough because um, I wasn't one of those people who was critiqu- critiquing the Turners out of nowhere because one of the things I'd been saying was uh, in the build to this specific takeover because that's where, for me, when someone does a look, but that look was like four months, four or five months ago, and they go, oh, they did this look four or five months ago. They were hinting towards this, like the MVP thing, if that went viral, where MVP was like, oh Drew, God. when you lose the title, it's going to be on my hands. And I'm really like, wait. Didn't he say that in the builds to Drew versus Bobby back in the summer? Like, that wasn't long-term yes. stories. <laughs> yeah. That was no, no, term- no, he, no he, and when people do that, you're just like, didn't Randy Orton beat him at Hell in a Cell for the title? It had nothing to do with MVP or the Hurt Business or Bobby Lashley. <laughs> well, well, well mm. I, I, 
I, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so with this one with Adam Cole, uh, the thing that I quite liked was when it was building up to uh, Balor versus Oak. No, it was, it was a Balor taking on Pete Dunne and that lot, and he went to Carlo Riley. One of the things details that I really liked because it was subtle was the fact that Adam, when Finn Balor went into the Undisputed Era locker room and he picked Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole had a face on him. Like, someone is coming into yeah. the Undisputed Era locker room and they're not going for Cole. And Cole had a look on him. Didn't no, Nothing else became of it. When Balor looks at him, he kind of feigned respect. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm down with this. But when that wasn't happening, he was talking directly to Kyle. You could see it all over Cole's face. So when Cole turns, they've done little things like that. It's not out of nowhere. It's it's not like we have, like, again, some of the criticism was, oh, they've done absolutely zero build to it. And I'm like, actually, they've done that subtle thing that we complain they never do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I, yeah. See, that's a good, that's, a, that's an issue that you mentioned that because I didn't, that look at the time when it happened, I didn't think of it in that way. I thought of it as mm. he just doesn't like Finn Balor. Oh, right. So then, you know, so then once, I mean, but I mean, you're probably right. My point is just, I just never, I never thought of it. I never thought of it in that way. But, but once you get to the part where like, yeah, he does, you know, beat him up at the end of Vengeance Day. Like, yeah, because he was staring darts into the dude, right? Mm. Like, I, I mean, I saw that the whole time. Now, like, the thing for me was like, when he took out uh, O'Reilly, that's when I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then, you know, mm. I thought we were a story of like, I, you know, I didn't have the title. I want the title back. I don't care who's in my way, whatever. We, we, maybe we still eventually do get that. But, like, this is, I mean, that was good enough. Like, he was staring Darcy to do the whole time for months or for a month or whatever else. And um, he did mention that, like, you know, Kyle kept getting shots at the title and kept squandering it, and I didn't appreciate it. So, like, it, it was plain as mind, or at least plain as mind when he was laying this out to make it believable that, you know, to, to sucker in Roddy. So, like, I, I'm, I, I'm, like, all of this work, all of this works for me. It's just like, but functionally, like Adam Cole mm. being shot. Adam Cole ain't shit. Is like nah. He ain't been. He hasn't been shit for like ninety percent of his run in NXT. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like kind of just semi recently, but that was NXT as a whole. So I, I don't really put it all on. Yes, my interest with Cole kind of dipped at the same time. My interest with NXT kind of dipped. So it's not really on him <laughs> as a character. Really, it's like everything else around him as well. Uh, and this praise is coming from people. Obviously, I've been called a Tony Khan shill, <laughs> so I'm obviously. Uh, it, I think it was when I was uh, kind of complaining about war games. It was like, oh, here's another columnist who was paid off by Tony Khan. <laughs> the shill. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, it happened. That's the that's the one thing that Rich is missing out on. I'm not writing uh, <laughs> headlines anymore. Oh, he's not getting called an AEW shill. Oh, just. You give praise for one, you're a shield for the other. It's oh, it's comp- competition yeah. time. It's the one. Yeah. It's the most predictable outcome when a new when a competition was announced. You knew it was coming because it already happened with WWE in New Japan. Uh, but as soon it was as announced, like you knew from day one. Yep, yeah, this is going to go the exact same route as every other entertainment world: <laughs> video games, comics, <laughs> right. movies, what have you. So yeah, I I remember. Yeah. Um, a podcast review uh, that we had uh, maybe a couple years ago where, uh, for One Nation Radio, where the person complained about me for saying that I was a WWE shill or a mark <laughs> or something like that. And I was like... <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I don't know what you've been listening to, bro. <laughs> you know? I, was, I thought I was getting told. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, like the I've I've realised I have to be very careful with my titles because the amount of people who would jump in with a massive opinion of just the title, not even if it's what if it's this, it will, they won't they won't listen to it. They'll immediately get a comment or for write a two thousand word column, they just jump straight into the comments without reading a single word. So I want uh, one of our. New writers, Andrew Aldizzi, who I'm going to sing the praise of. He's putting out amazing work right now. Uh, he's taken a real nice little tactic of putting out the title, which is commentable enough, but in the column, kind of just putting in enough in there so that it's really easy for everybody to find and mock the guy who's not read the column. <laughs> just so everyone can kind of... <laughs> yeah, I, I like... Oh, it's a nice little uh, twist, I like doing that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, yeah, positives on the Undisputed Era stuff. The major storyline in NXT, at least, is really uh, drawing us in. It's really entertaining and really digging it. And uh, nothing but praise. And it's honestly, it's great to finish NXT on that feeling, then watch AEW, which is just enjoyable from start to finish, and be nothing but positive on that as well. Uh, positive on the Wednesday night wrestling. It's great for both nights as well. I've been positive on both for a while. I thought NXT was just because they were holding tournaments and Imp loves tournaments. So I thought, oh, maybe when they die off, I might fall off again. No, still, um, I feel like NXT, we've turned a corner. They weren't they weren't doing great at the end of 2020. But I feel like, as in they're stabilised. Yeah, an, that's true. That's, they're, that's true. They're still like, having an identity crisis, but I feel like oh, they're yeah. on a road to figuring it out. And maybe NXT Evolve is the answer. I'll never watch it, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> Same but, here. Yeah. Like maybe that's the answer to make NXT a bit better because you have one that is definitely developmental, and then this one is a bit more of a distinguished in between. Kind of mm. like it looks like what AW Dark is gonna, going to become because like, that's another show that definitely needed curating yeah. and figuring out. And uh, so, yeah, hide the big show. <laughs> All of that, that was a mental day yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I- I um oh yeah that was it was it was a bunch of people it's like people are happy and people are mad but it's like I don't really know if like y'all actually really care that much or it's just like he just went to so he just went somewhere else that he hasn't been for twenty years and now it's like y'all don't really it was weird it was like people that you know a lot of a lot of AEW fans obviously and I'm one of them. Back during the 2015 Rumble was asked for that man to please retire, right? <laughs> mm. Mm. When him and Kane were throwing out Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose and that one, we all were mm. like, we've had enough of this dude. Get him the fuck off screen. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he's going to be a commentator here. We all assume that inevitably he's going to have a match once or twice in AEW, which I'm dreading, but whatever. Mm. Um, especially now, especially with Shaq. I was going to um, say, yeah, immediately everyone jumped on Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like you know, people are so like the second he's um he's in AEW, you have WWE fans like I know AEW fans are out here talking about you know the hoopla or, or acting like there's some big deal when y'all a lot of y'all are basically ex WWE fans that hated Big Show five years ago or or you know mm-hmm. in the meantime between time it is like that got a point how uh and. And like, but the thing for me is like, I don't really see that many people that are like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, as far as having Big Show to do matches, like, Big Show's always been a good or been a good promo for a long ass time, and like him doing this is like, as commentator is like, why not? Um, yeah. As opposed, like now, as far as once he starts getting the ring, then all bets are off. Because <laughs> if, if that, if yeah. You know, I'm 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 not I'm not the person that's oh you know it's okay. Like nah, Big Show. 
at, at a point in time was a good worker or whatever else. Mm. We're going past that point. Like well, I want to say, what, was it two years ago when he could barely get up on his on his own, even, yeah, even yeah. after losing the weight? Like mm. he's not a person that should be wrestling um, anymore, really. So like, mm. if that match comes out and it's a sad match, then it's a sad match. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> Here the phrase to kind of thrown about a bit, but it, it is important where it there's in shape, which I would say Big Show is. He's done a fantastic job to get in shape. Good for him. He's going to live longer. Good stuff. Uh, but also there's wrestling shape, and they're not the same thing. And I think I think that's the person I heard talking about what well, that was the Rock, and I can't remember what he's doing it for, but he was just Ooh, saying, yeah, yeah, because he was saying that he's in shape, but he's not in wrestling shape, and he felt it quickly. Yeah, yeah. So it's when he, he tore uh, he what did he he tore something in his like in his core back. Oh, he did. The, uh, yeah. the second John Cena match, and that's mm. I think that's when he brought that up. I actually, remember that? Mm. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Oh, I've got a memory. I'm happy when I remember things. My memory's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Yeah, it had yeah. it had to delay like I think that Hercules movie he was doing uh, mm. back then, mm. and that's like ever since then he's never been able to get you know clearance to wrestle or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> also, Murray with an amazing comment in the chat of uh, saying that NXT Evolve is going to be a Make a Wish AW Dark. <laughs> Just it's like yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but also uh, yeah. the comment I saw in terms of Big Show. We'll get back on topic. It's, it's related enough. It's Wednesday Night Wrestling. This is on topic for me and James. This <laughs> because it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was going to mention how my hair is currently stuck up, but I've got no product in it. That's because I was cleaning up a bathroom where it's covered in like tile dust, as in tiles had been sawed and put into place. So it was just dust everywhere. I had to clean it up. Uh, dust then flows into the air everywhere and I've washed I've tried washing it out <laughs> but it's like I've put product in my hair to keep it upright <laughs> when I haven't it's just tiled dust and water <laughs> just it's a uh, yeah <laughs> it's, yeah it's the it's the working man's gel <laughs> wax I'll say it like that yeah uh, but yeah the only thing Got it. <laughs> so the thing I've seen with a uh, big show the comment I kept seeing was yet again it's the also when AW bring in this older guy it's perfectly fine and I was like, oh god! For, so for me, the comment is the moment Big Show is challenging for the AW Championship with a chance he might <laughs> actually win, then it's a problem. <laughs> it's just, until or that point, like that you're like, as yeah. a commentator on their second developmental show, what's the harm? <laughs> I, I really don't like Sting as well. The moment Sting is beating Kenny Omega to go into the AW's biggest show as champion because he was a big draw back in the day, then it's a problem. Bray yeah. is now elevating like four or five other people. Well, I don't get what's wrong with that. <laughs> He's clearly aiding and elevating others around him in the middle of the yeah. card as well. He's not main event. Like, this is... Yeah, especially like, or another one is like, all right, well, they don't have 12 pay-per-views, they have four. Like, what are we going to see the card where you look up and down and, like, more than half the matches are featuring some dude that was, like, hot 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a major that happened problem. happened at WrestleMania 34. Goldberg-Lesnar as well. Oh, well, that's Goldberg-Lesnar and then Goldberg-Lesnar again. <laughs> I meant 33. I meant, I meant, I meant 33, actually. Yeah. Like, you know, you look Shane McMahon and you mm. see... Triple H, and you see uh, Brock and Goldberg. Mm. It's like you see Undertaker in the main event, like in that sad match. It's like, and then, okay, Undertaker's my second worst, my second favorite wrestler of all time. And I'm just like, mm. yeah, man, that shit was sad. <laughs> well, that's why I was trying to. It was after after the Royal Rumble this year. I was feeling a little bit like it's weird where 
I'm happy for Edge. In real life, the story is fantastic. In the WWE mm-hmm. world, this generation has not had a two guys of this generation facing each other in the main event WrestleMania. The women have had that. They had Charlotte, Becky and Rousey. But the men, they've not had a match of this generation at WrestleMania. There hasn't been one. The closest, I guess, is Brian versus Kofi or Brian at WrestleMania 30. But that's in the oh. middle of the card with Brian Kofi. That wasn't main event. And I can't think of mm-hmm. any other match that like was like top tier huh. main event. I mean, WrestleMania 34, the opener was what? The triple threat match between Miz, Valor, and mm. Seth. I mean, yeah, that's, that's... that might be high on the list for one of those. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. I'm trying to think, because uh, main oh, event wise, oh, it's always been against someone like Lesnar or been against Goldberg or Undertaker right. or Triple H or, or I guess Batista and Orton for Daniel Bryan. But Orton, I feel like Orton was still a guy of the generation, but Batista, obviously, he was hyping Guardians. But yeah, yeah, and that was six yeah. years ago, so you know it's a little yeah, dramatic. it's just yeah. outside the window. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. So there hasn't it's it's a yeah. weird thing. It yeah, is. yeah. So I I had that weird feeling of I'm really happy for Edge. It's a fantastic story. I'm assuming the match will be great. I'm assuming the build will be great. Whoever he chooses, I'm really into their Roman Reigns and Edge build. They're doing it really well so far. And but the issue, yeah, the issue, I still want that match of this generation. Like, I'd like them to have. One, <laughs> like you don't have. Yes, WrestleMania may have changed, but I don't know. One <laughs> in a generation is <laughs> the worst thing in the world. I said, oh, also thanks to the chat. Uh, the Rock tore his abdominal and uh, abductor muscles and suffered a hernia. So that's like, yeah, <laughs> a wham bam. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah, that's a part of your core. I mean, whatever. Oh, okay, so, yeah, I, yeah. I'm glad you're more. I'm glad you're going more in depth than me. But I thought saying core was good enough. But yeah, <laughs> Also, not words easy for me to read at 1.30am, it turns out. <laughs> I, just, I, went, I did that tactic of read it quickly so you can't hear I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> just pretend. It worked really well. Uh, it's a mixture of tactics just to hide how absolutely knackered I am. Because, <laughs> again, two late Sundays for the pay-per-views and then I get one day to recover for the Raw and NXT. And I've had a builder arriving at my house at like 8am every day. So... Um. I am at lighting. I've been very smart. I've put the light on the left-hand side of me very strongly so you can't see the right side of my face. It's in shadow. <laughs> so I'm very... I felt like I've been very smart with it. It's like, no, trust me, I am worn down. <laughs> I'm not the greatest. Uh, anyway, I feel like this is a kind of great reminder I'm on a tangent. Because uh, Let's go to the rest of the NXT review. <laughs> Turns on the okay, best of the show. Sure. Uh, we'll go through the all the different matches and segments and things. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I haven't got many notes for a fair few of the segments because it was just fine, I guess, building to a thing. Uh, but the first one was Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, yeah, an opening where, again, the first NXT review, I invited James on for 2021, and it kicks off with Dexter Loomis. Not a great start. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could have invited him any week, and I chose yes. this one. <laughs> Do you know... Do you know how hard it is to get a 1080p version of NXT like before it goes up on the network? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Without PVR. You know how hard that is? Yeah. I found that this might be the first time I've ever, you know, to do your show, I found one that was like actually, you, you click, you find 1080p and it was actually 1080p. Actually it wasn't like 450. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> oh, this is great. This is going to be fun. And then uh, the first match, like, it's, it's that. And I'm just like, he <sighs> <laughs> put in all that oh, effort. God. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh... Uh, yeah, like the like it's, it's creepy Dexter getting his one on one with Gargano, um, yeah. but yeah, it's more like it's just that the uh, it's with the way at ringside to play a tad of distraction and 
for me, that was the entire match, just that one sentence of Dexter maybe getting a bit of Gargano, but really it was the way distraction at ringside, which was the story of this. Like, it didn't help that Austin's a taddy competent and Indy seems to have a crush on Dexter. <laughs> That's this week's evolution. Um, but in wrestling, a distraction's a distraction. In the end, the way we're all over the place with those ringside antics and cost Johnny the match. Uh, later in the show, we got, of, I guess, a bit of a next step to what's going to happen next. And, like, Austin, like, Johnny going off with them. Like, what, Austin, why didn't you hit him with the chair? And Indy's like, he's, he's, he's kind of hot. <laughs> it's just like, but Gargano's measured response, you go into therapy. <laughs> so that next week, we've got a comedic therapy skit. Um, of course. They're hit and miss. Some of them are remembered fondly in WWE. Others are Banks and Bailey. <laughs> so they're not all remembered fondly. But when they are, you get like a Kane Daniel Bryan thing which kind of sets on fire and people love it. And Johnny's comedic yeah. enough to carry it. Um, you know what roles are going to play in it. But I don't, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can tell James's kind of feelings on this just by his face as I was talking about it. <laughs> but do you want to elaborate? <laughs> on like the, the match, the match as far as Dexter Loomis matches go was fine. Um, like that's the thing about the Loomis thing is he's actually an okay wrestler in the ring. Like, I mean, mm. it's not like he's some limited dude, like, like, uh, like for example, that's muscle bound, like Elias, for example, mm. dude can actually get in the ring and do some things. The problem is, they have him with this character that just does not sell, or 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 when he does sell, like it's not him being really emotive. It's him just laying on the ground and touching his forehead, and <laughs> like with a with a stone face. And it's like he's a baby face, and like he's getting ganged up on, and he's in, and he's way bigger than the, than the heel and all this stuff. And it's like they're trying to give you all this stuff to give you give you sympathy, um, in that the twelve dozen. Fans are actually in attendance. Actually, like we're cheering for Loomis, but it's like I'm just not buying it. Mm. Like that's it's it's a it's a thing. Like I don't know what they have to do for him. Like even the strap match did with uh the two strap matches he had hasn't worked for me. Where it's like mm, he takes a beating yeah. or whatever else. It's just it is. I don't I don't get what's likable about this character. I just don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard for me. I don't know. I don't get. It. Uh, also, yeah, just coming off the chat. Uh, yes, yes, I think they did. Yeah, I think Loomis and Gargano, Gargano have already faced, and then Loomis has done weird stuff after that. To then, no, that was they, they wrestled just like three weeks ago or four weeks ago. Uh, my memory was it after New Year's Evil because he did that. Yes, yeah, it, it was. Yes, okay, it was, I do like, remember. It was basically okay, like mm. it was basically like two or three weeks before uh, going into before what's it called before the the takeover where um, they wrestled. The spot that made me help, just how the laughter was. He did the, you know, the the I don't want to say the the look at Johnny. Johnny like was on his feet while Loomis was on his hands doing the, doing the fist crawling thing, mm. and Johnny freaked out like, Ugh! and then like, oh, yeah. a second later he super <laughs> him right in his face, and I howled. Um, <laughs> like so, you had that, and then basically after that happened, um, because Austin Th Austin Theory helped him Gargano win. He goes and grabs Theory and and, put, and chokes him out. And then Kushida comes out and puts Gargano into uh, a uh, the hoverboard lock. Like, mm. so they were. I thought they were going to do him and Austin Theory or Loomis Austin Theory, and then eventually, you know, hopefully, just forget about any idea of doing Johnny Gargano and and um, Loomis for for another American title shot. But apparently, no, they have forgot. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, yeah. Well, we're building to something. Also, what's up, Hicks? How you doing? Uh, but yeah, it's uh, to yeah, to remember about Dexter Loomis, to not forget that back in when I first saw him in TNA as a cruiserweight John Cena with his jorts and everything, <laughs> doing that stuff. Like the guy can go. I've seen it in the ring, and then he did the creepy bastard stuff. The, the more forgotten about that, the better. But he's kind of been trying to figure out his character for quite a while. And it seems in NXT, the creative have really latched onto him. But they really like him. I don't know if NXT was currently in front of a proper audience if they would have got the kind of test of, I don't think this is working as well. But I also don't know if that's because of the environment it's in. I think I said this quite a few times before, where I kind of feel like Dexter Loomis might be a bit like Elias, where he just... He's not the kind of act that gels into NXT that well, given the stronger indie feel NXT has. The more wacky feel WWE main roster has, maybe. I just fear <laughs> that they might fall back into Creepy Bastard, given how their creative works out. As in, this might be the better version of Dexter Loomis. <laughs> it's my other fear. Even though the weird stuff like this might fit into the main roster better. I mean... I, yeah. yeah, I mean that could be something. I just that he could be, you know, similar to the Elias thing, where he's more better suited for. Or, um, I mean, he also kind of for Braun, like Braun was way better suited for um for the main roster than mm. NXT at the time. Um, but either way, like we're stuck with him on the show, on the show that was that was billed as being no BS, and I have this like axe murderer that like has a windowless van that abducts people for matches in his house or at somebody's house and stuff like that. I'm just like, and puts people in their trunk and like their plan is if like he's Kane and like, you know, Andy Hartwell thinks he's cute now all of a sudden, even though she's interacted with him or been on the same, in the same camera frame as him multiple times already. And that never happened. Like this is a new development out of nowhere. I guess like make I guess kidnapping Austin Theory made him made him hot to her. I don't know. It, it, it's just it's like I hope I hope ultimately what it is is just a gag and eventually like in the title match like she'll you know she'll pl- play him or use him or whatever else and then like eventually screw him in the title defense and that's how they get away from him getting a title or getting his title defense and they'll have something they'll have something to fall back on. So like, oh, he got screwed by Indy so whatever else. Like hopefully that's what it is because. The other way around is like, I don't, uh, I, what is this? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah. Lewis is the kind of guy who does weird stuff, but then doesn't actually win a championship of anything. He just does weird things. For me, that's kind of the peak of where his character could go. To make, to make him actually a champion in his current state, I feel like, uh, no, <laughs> I wouldn't be into it at all. Uh, not really. Yeah. But it's an awesome tangent into an act I... 100% am into the grizzled young veterans backstage <laughs> attacking MSK. <laughs> just it will come up later in the show, but they just beat the crap out of them as MSK trying to give like a big baby face promo. It's like oh, like we're so ecstatic to what comes next. It's a challenge for the championships, and bam, in comes a Liverpudlian and whatever Drake's from. I can never remember. <laughs> it's not Liverpool. Uh, Gibson steals the show though. To be fair, where's he? It doesn't matter. Tangent. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I love that act. I absolutely love Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, again, they are an act that I'd seen before WWE, so I've always got that pre-WWE bias. It is a thing for us nerds. <laughs> it happens. Like, I can 
because I watched him in Ring of Honor, I can never remember the name Damien Priest. Even in NXT, it was a thing I kept bringing up. I kept calling him Punishment Martinez. And they go, oh right. no, but you can only have one Martinez, and that's Mercedes. You can't have another one. That'd just be too confusing. <laughs> so it's not that, is it? What is his name? <laughs> and they even paired him up with Bad Bunny, and that's not enough for me to remember his name. <laughs> Charlie Caruso doing the DP thing. We're definitely demonetized now. <laughs> doing that. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> have you, you have no even really rich no. didn't bring that to your attention ah so charlie caruso they were do it was talk it was talking with it raw talk that's it and our truth just on the thing just calls him dp damien priest just calls him dp and charlie flat out just goes ah oh, dp yeah i like that dp i like dp yeah i like that and <laughs> it's just oh no <laughs> uh and and Truth has, like, kind of just slyly in, like, his kind of raving nonsense. He has just randomly just called Damien Priest DP within that co within that massive sentence. He has done it on Raw. <laughs> so it's just... Ah, uh, yeah. So that was... A, I, I can't believe you missed that. <laughs> that was... I, yeah. I, I guess I just totally missed it. I actually have <laughs> a weird story that that actually replies... That actually, like, involves that, that kind of misunderstanding around uh, the, the letters DMP. Um... <laughs> My mother last year, actually a few days past her uh, her anniversary, got married. Uh, her name's Patricia. Um, my stepdad's name is Dan. So on their wedding mm. day, they're uh, walking down the aisle. There was supposed to be a um, some type of like arrangement of flowers or fake flowers that was going to have their first initial. And I was like, make sure that it is P and D. It cannot be the other way around. And um, the wedding planner is this, is this, um, this lady that was um, the, the mother of one of my childhood friends. So she was like, why, why are you, why is he assistant? I was like, okay, okay, miss. I'm, I'm going, okay, man, I'm going to tell you why, but I'm, but and I'm not going to, but I'm going to, and I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to tell you, and that can only be it. Cause, and then I told her, and she was like, how you know that? And I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, how do you find information? I was like, that's not the point. Just, don't, just make sure that it is P and D. So, uh, yeah, my bad. Uh, we, can, we can see you on the actual time about ADXT as opposed to um, goofiness like this. <laughs> uh, we've all we've all had that conversation of having to explain what MILF is. <laughs> all of that stuff. Like, oh. <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, still. Then we'll move on to Tyler Rust. I feel like this is a perfect transition. <laughs> Tyler Rust <laughs> to Leon Ruff, who is the background picture for today's show. You can't tell because I realised after putting James in. Oh, yeah, James covers up Swerve. <laughs> so that's what your background is. Uh, in And I, cause I, I pop every time that Leon Ruff does that kind of upside-down pose and just he, well, he does that really enthusiastically over-the-top happy, like, yeah, I'm wrestling, <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> I couldn't really find it. And then, that's when Swerve jumped in. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> a fantastic jump in. Uh, yeah, Leon Ruff and Tyler Rust never started. Swerve with a great running, assaulting the lad at ringside with a painful-looking FU onto the side of the ring apron. That was brutal. And then my favourite bit of it all, or second favourite bit after the kick, Bivens just lifts up Russ's arm going, hey! <laughs> it's like, a win's a win, baby. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Russ building that streak. Uh, yeah, I thought this was an absolutely fantastic running. Yeah, I, I love this segment. I love, um, I guess, beforehand when they show you backstage that Ruff is still injured from Swerve, but he's 
cleared to perform, which is like, who are the hell are these doctors in XT? But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, similar to last week with Kushida, where it's all of a sudden someone's in the training room saying they're, they're injured from previous battle, previous match, but they're cleared. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere. <laughs> it just, just pops up. Just, just, <laughs> just, 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 yes. Like, Bivens just shows up out of nowhere. The big smile face like, hey, man, how about... How about me doing my Don King, just like book a fraudulent match because you're hurt and whatever else. And these baby faces keep falling for it. They keep getting goaded into it. Mm. And like we see, like uh, the couple, like quite a few, quite one of the talks on like the criticisms of NXT of them having like a big, really talented person and not using them. Uh, for me, Bivens has been one of those guys for a while. Where I've just been confused that they hasn't used him. Again, one of those yeah. names I knew from the indie days, and I've just found him hilarious for quite some time. Yes. Like, how are you not using him? And uh, the fact that, yeah, yeah, he's he is fantastic, and I feel like he's being used in the perfect role uh, here so far. Uh, and yeah, I feel like it's great. To, I'm just happy to see him on TV because he's cracking me up. <laughs> just constantly, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need him to land a bigger client. Mm. Like that's the one if thing. It's yeah. Adam Cole, great. If it's whoever, like, mm. find a heel that he can do this with on a higher level and get him onto you know into that that title picture or top of the card type of thing as a manager. Like, like if you want to do the Paul Jones army, the you know the Heenan you know group of, of people, the the stuff they've done with Cornette in different many different places, like. He's that kind of talent to where you can do that and rely on him to get over people that can talk. Like, I actually like the relationship and interaction between Rust and him. Like, Rust actually believes that he's that like uh, that his best interests interests are like being taken care of by Bivens, even though we know like he's a scumbag. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's a yeah. Like, he would sell you a used car. You know mm. what I'm saying? Not say there, there are. Not say there's every like used car salesman is a scumbag, but he's the one that sells you like that makes sure that like the vehicle and the engine like passes the lemon law and, and nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh, what was it? Oh, forgot, why I've forgotten his name. Oh, legendary actor. Ah, oh. it's the first Transformers. Really famous oh, actor oh. who played the car salesman in the first Transformers. Oh, was it? Uh, was it Donald Glover? No. Oh. Not Donald Glover, uh, Danny Glover's on thinking of. I don't know why I'm thinking. Oh, this is going to be somebody who's like, why is it this white guy? Why are you making like high that? Oh, what is this? This is so irritating. He's, he's one of my favorite actors growing up. Oh, this is. Oh, I've, I've got his face. I'm definitely thinking of the right guy. Oh, we are. We're talking about Transformers and NXT. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is going just everywhere. What, what was uh, the? He's in, he's in he's in much better movies, <laughs> but that was the one that came. <laughs> specifically, the cast was a character who's playing in that film. Oh, he was the dad in the film where Ashton Kutcher marries a, a black girl, so he got a bit of probably very outdated comedy in that. Oh, and he was the dad. Was it was it called Army? Bernie Mac. Yes, but yes, that's <laughs> just okay. Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was so irritated. Couldn't think of his name. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Bernie Mac is the car salesman <laughs> in the Transformers. That's the character Michael Bivens reminds me of, <laughs> in a way. Where it's <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sorry to everybody. <laughs> I cannot remember Bernie Mac's name. <laughs> it's just, especially people who grew up in my era of the late nineties, early two thousands, where he's like one of my favorite actors. Like, yeah. 
Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's irritating. I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> there, so this is now a tribute show to Bernie Mac <laughs> in response to we forget who he is. Uh, but yeah, that's what Michael Bivens reminds me of is Bernie Mac's character in Transformers. <laughs> so yeah, that's the tangent we went on. Uh, anyway, let's go on to Zoe Stark versus Io Shirai. And uh, like, hey, Zoe's promo had a great start before the video just froze and then it just went to the next video they had loaded up for the picture in picture. <laughs> so that was a shame. But um, yeah. I will say, they don't give just anyone a match with the champion in the second telly outing. They clearly have a lot of faith in Zoe Stark in the early going. Like, and getting in a decent amount of offense to boot. Killing the business! <laughs> like Io always winning, but had to start taking the new NXT last seriously during the match. Uh, plenty of upside to Zoe Stark. Uh, Io Shirai won with that moonsault, but earned the champion's respect. And then after the match, out comes Tony Storm and challenges for the title. Uh, but yeah, Zoe Stark, after her impressive debut last week against the Jobber, I just assumed, oh, that's what we're going to get for the little running. Zoe Stark gets a little outing every now and then. We've seen it in NXT quite a few times. Uh, and it's NXT. That like, is a perfect place for that kind of thing to happen. Uh, but there's William Beagle on Twitter gives her a match. And I think that clip was played earlier in the show as well. And she gets a match with the champion in a second outing, which is very AEW of them. <laughs> where they yes. have where they have yes. that big talent who's gonna get he's gonna get the big talent's gonna look awesome against this new this newbie this rookie on the show and the newbie gets loads of experience and gets to look solid against one of the best wrestlers on the card who they're obviously not going to beat and right. yeah yeah but all killing the business <laughs> which one is it James <laughs> no like it, it's just common sense like mm. um or not common sense but like if you think of it this way right if you are to book your wrestling shows if wins and losses matter where you know you gain momentum like well like think about it in real sports like momentum isn't actually real mm. like if you could bottle momentum you would always have momentum you would never give it back and, you should, and nobody ever comes back when they're down 20 points in a basketball game or you know multiple goals in a, in a soccer uh or uh, in a football match like that doesn't happen like the, you know there are ebbs and flows right mm. um so the thing and i'm and the, like the thing for me is because this is fake, you should be able to build, quote-unquote, people believe in momentum even though it's not real. So because mm. you can build someone going in a win streak and getting, quote-unquote, hot or whatever else, like, you can capitalize on that. So I, I think the thing for me is, like, when you have wins and losses mattering, you can build streaks and get people over as as, as insane, like, they're moving up, their, you know, um, the contendership rankings or whatever else. Uh, not even to mention, like, AEW actually had the real rankings. But um, I, I said that because, like, when you have people slotted in roster positioning, like certain things matter. Like, so if you are a noob or if you are a um, bottom of the car or prelim person, I don't want to say bottom card, a prelim person, mm -hmm. if you get a match with a champion and she asks, you make the champion sweat, that's, for lack of a better word, a, a moral victory, mm -hmm. whatever else. And it makes you think like you're better, you're like you could be tracking towards beating someone that's in a mid card eventually or that sort of thing. Right, like I watch a lot of mm. startup, and that happens too, right? Um, so like Zoe Stark going out there after squashing somebody—a great squash, by the way—last mm. week, going in here and making the champion sweat is like, okay, cool. And I would like to see like the progress this person makes down the line when they get in the ring with with that person again. So like they do another Zoe Stark EO match in two months or whatever else, they're gonna get closer and closer and closer, and like that's mm. closer. That's what you know. You think of like uh, Darby and Cody over the last year mm. and a half or two years. It's like, 
we saw him go to distance with him for tw- for 20 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever that time limit was. And then eventually they paid it off by he beats him for the title after he was chasing after this guy for a year, year and a half. And like, mm. that's storytelling. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the good stuff we like. So like, yeah, mm. I, I, I like the opening, the opening you know chapter of EO versus Zoe Stark. And I like to see what they do, you know, when eventually gets down the line to where she's, up elevated she she deserved a title shot against whoever mm. like i can't wait for aw to naito hangman <laughs> Where just get it all behind him and then uh, right at the end just <laughs> to break all of our hearts right at the climax so yeah but we're, we're invested in it <laughs> they're building it up over a really long time yeah, so like zoe stark versus the right now where we've just seen her with a really impressive like squash debut and then Zoe Stark versus Io Shirai after Zoe Stark has had a few months of character and development. And it's like, yeah, that's a completely different. Like like we've seen quite a few times in NXT, where you see them at the start where there's hot new act, then you see them with then with their NXT character and they've had that developed, they've had that arc kind of play out. Suddenly you're so much more excited to see it. But to be fair, Tony Storm's an example of that. Where uh, Tony Storm when she came back originally from NXT UK she was, oh, her and Ripley, they toy up in NXT UK. That's awesome to see them oh, on NXT. Yeah. Now she's got all of that like character and development going against EO as this kind of like established heel on the show. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting way they did it. <laughs> it's just a good challenge. The reason why I laugh is because, mm. like, I guess, like, in, in NXT right now, it seems like all the character development is done by, like, oh, someone turned heel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's the. So, like, you mentioned Tony Storm was like, yeah, because you turned heel. Like, <laughs> like, I know we had we were meant to be talking about Swerve for the for the match earlier, but we just talked about Bernie Mac instead. <laughs> but with, um, but yeah, like Swerve is a, a perfect example of that. And I remember when, like, the episode he turned, uh, I have, I think I happened to have you on, and Rich was in the chat. And Rich was just like, I cannot believe they've turned this man heel. <laughs> After he's, like, Rich was praising him in real life for how fantastic he connects to the audience and all of that, so, and how naturally he seems to be able to do it. And they turn him heel. Personally, it's another example of in WWE, you don't get any character until you turn heel. Suddenly, <laughs> you're oozing with it. <laughs> it's just the most, yeah. like, oh, amazing thing. Some people are like, Leon Ruff is a fantastic example of a ma- of a pure baby face. It's just sure, I know we said this about Gargano, <laughs> but Leon Ruff is pure baby face. He is oh, who was the pasty guy on ECW used to get always to get battered and then they as in the WWE ECW uh used to get always get battered and then I want to say like Cody something. I can't remember if that's right. Oh. ECW? Yeah. As in WWE ECW, they had a like, oh, really I, pale I skinny help, guy. I can help you there. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't watch that. I wasn't okay. watching then. <laughs> yeah, so they had this essentially jobber, but he would come out every single week, get absolutely battered. I think it was in like the Mark Henry on ECW era, where he got the big lads. <laughs> and the big monster shows where it's like him and Kane were on the ECW roster at the same time. And it tells you what, it, what became of it. <laughs> but yeah, they, they had that, that. He would come out every single week, and the story was he's showing heart even though he's getting absolutely battered. Each successive week, he's coming out with more and more bandages out, but he keeps going out to fight kind of stuff. Like, for me, that is 100% a babyface character. Just keep pushing that. Leon Ruff screams that. Don't do what... Colin Delaney! Yes, thank you, chats. Yes, (laughs) thank you, Murray, in the chat. Yes, Colin Delaney. 
he returned as a job, I remember, like uh, back in like when in 2016, when they where suddenly WWE creative suddenly woke up and they had a fantastic year. That end of year for 2016, <laughs> <laughs> going into 17, then it all broke in yeah. 17, but they had a great like half a year. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, why do I remember that? And I don't remember my brother's birthday sometimes. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just, what's the first thing done to me? Uh, but yeah. Is that Murray from what? Is that Murray from Control Suplex? Uh, yes, yeah, Muzzer. Muzzer? Yeah, yeah Muzzer. I don't understand. Like, you, you and Murray both, like, y'all both live in in, in that time, uh, time <laughs> slot or whatever else mm. in the world. And, like, y'all just night owls. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Y'all stay up to watch these things live. I just, I I can. Y'all are real fans, real fans. If I was over <laughs> there five hours ahead of the Eastern East Coast in America, <laughs> I I go to sleep and record it and go back and get up and watch. That's exactly what I do. Uh, if I didn't do work for wrestling headlines, I would be a lot more relaxed with my wrestling watching. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, like, especially ever since I took over AfterShock <laughs> from uh, Stephen Bell. Uh, yeah, ever since I took over AfterShock, going live after the pay per views, that that's been like a real thing to get used to. Just being up because I only t- only took over. Uh, I want to say it was 2019, as in around SummerSlam time, and I've only started videos like this summer. <laughs> it's something that's taken taken a lot to get used to with that late nights. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Anyway, um, I can't remember what we we're talking about before we went on a tangent of a tangent. <laughs> but yeah, it was a. Uh... Uh, we were talking. We were talking about EO and Tony oh yeah, and you know this basically like being a first chapter potentially. Yeah, yeah. So you got Tony Storm and Yoshi kind of just showing us that example of what we're kind of talking about of Zoe Stark coming back and being awesome to see later down the line. Tony Storm is at that point, and yeah, um, to be fair, it could even be Zoe Stark challenging Tony Storm as well, given how be- whatever the future advances. Uh, with EO going back to stardom, <laughs> some event, <laughs> whatever happens. Um, yeah. Hey, M- keep yeah. that quiet. Keep that quiet. <laughs> Don't be teasing James with crap like that. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. oh my god! Like you know how, like if if I was someone that was more passionate about the politics of professional wrestling, like I, I could absolutely like chalk up, like draw up enough ire to like hate WWE forever for keeping Kyrie from being on this Budokan Hall show uh, that's coming up next next week mm. like oh my gosh like yeah <laughs> she was going to be in the main she was going to be in the main event mm. and oh, he just, yeah 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 it's Whatever, the I guess. yeah for yeah the the comments of triple h of yeah we'll we'll be really open with working with other promotions and aw putting them to shame again it's uh, the thing I say about AW, they are doing nothing special. They're doing every single move they're making. WWE could have been doing this all along, but they chose not to. They chose to be on an island of their own making. To be fair, they, they WWE present themselves as mightier than everybody, and that presentation, to a degree, works. Because you believe it, in a way. WrestleMania feels like the biggest show in the world. They do really well in building that spectacle. Uh, but when we're talking about stuff like this, not letting Kyrie Sane wrestle on a stardom show in Japan, which is absolutely yeah. zero competition to anything they're doing, <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's a bit, mm, yeah, 100% it, bit. It, mm. it, I, I think it's very humbling, or it sh- at least, you know, at least it should be very humbling. Um, like, given what this pandemic has done to their presentation, mm. Because like they, you know, they're I mean, they still have, you know, 
like for example a recent uh, you know advantage like they brought out those 8k cameras like every so often like over the last couple months right and they're awesome yeah. looking right yeah yeah but you look at you know the 4d graphics you know the lighting stuff how well lit the, the shows are uh, you know like you know how how good like their network content is mm. right like forget the live stuff where the, the wrestling shows where vince's creative is, is whacked out or triple h is like you know is on one or whatever else at the time they're all of their stuff is so great, right? As far mm. as like the documentaries, uh, the podcast stuff they do, uh, all that stuff is great. But once there's no, and also you know the venues. But once you have to get, you can't, you know, put people, thousands of people <laughs> inside of a building. Once you have to strip it down to its, you know, its essential stuff or whatever else. Like you see, like, and it's actually a somewhat level playing field. You see, like comparing one show to the next show to the next show to the next mm. show, and you're just like, yeah, like, that stuff does not work without fans, and that stuff does not work, <laughs> like, when it's pared down, like, mm. and I, I think that I think that's one of the things from, like, the last year that I just went out, I was like, I, I just think about it, it's like, <laughs> this stuff, like, they, mm. they have been the worst at it, you know, um, they've been the worst at as far as, like, adjusting to this stuff, you know, mm. um, like when they when it took them forever to, to finally decide to you know switch the camera angle to the ramp, oh, yeah. um, and the time, like it was it was a, it's a lot of stuff you know the fans that they had um, there that couldn't or, or actually like the PCers that had to stand and couldn't sit oh, like yeah. it it, mm. it was it was a it was a major thing or whatever else but I mean we're getting off track again we keep doing this. <laughs> well, time to get back on track then. Um, also, yeah. Murray saying um, that it's uh, how you lot over the pond feel about watching anything from Japan in terms of like us staying up late and doing all that, and then try to avoid spoilers and things if you can't stay up late. <laughs> it's oh. a whole big deal. <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes to me with avoiding spoilers, like it just depends on if Murray gets to me or not because he'll, he'll he's quick to spoil my ass. Or <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like I've never watched a Japanese show live. Um, the first show I'm ever going to watch. Like live is going to be this Stardom Budokan Hall show on mm. uh, Wednesday. Like oh, I've Wednesday. never done it. I've watched. Yeah, it's it's, mm. it's the third. Yeah, I'm, I like I've never watched any New Japan. Not a Best of Super Junior. Not a G One Final. Not Russell Kingdom. I've never watched it live. Um, mm. and this is going to be my first Japanese wrestling show that I watch live. Um, like I'm that invested to the show, and like <laughs> it's going to be an incredible show. Like top to bottom, like they have like mm. six, eight 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 matches. Six of them are going to be like great, so um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm hyped. But now we're we're doing more digressing. It's <laughs> like uh, as you just saying that I was like before we go back, I do just want to give a shout out to uh, Guila, who's kind of up there as for me. Um, if she keeps up the rate, she's at probably one. She's going to be in my like top rankings of the wrestlers of uh, the 2021 so far. Um, I've been really really impressed with her. And I know, yeah. I know last year was also strong, you know, with a whole, you know, being champion and everything. But uh, this year, I, I don't know. It feels like there's something else to it. <laughs> just, there's an oomph there that I'm sensing. Um, yeah, it's just a little thing I'm noticing where I'm, I'm, I'm really highly rating her right now. Uh, and she's not really among any names you see of, uh, like, oh, be really excited to see da 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 go to da 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 and maybe wrestle da da. I'm really high on her right now. <laughs> I think she's. Uh, I think. I think that comes to do with like as far as technical wrestling goes, like she's behind a, most or not most, a lot mm. of the women in stardom. Um, mm. I just the thing is like she's got a she's got an incredible push. 
She's great at storytelling. And like, and she's and she and her and her main draw, and, and they rely on especially towards the end of her match and her big matches are. She's a great, she's great at brawling. Mm. Um, and it's the same. And, and like to be honest with you, like you know, Hannah Kimura, similar mm. thing. Like I, I think obviously uh, Julia is more willing to do crazy stuff to get her matches over, mm. but Hannah at her core was at her best when she would brawl, and that's the reason I think that's the reason why they kind of paired together at first when uh, Julia came in to start them because like they like. Worst comes to worst, you know, the technical precision, like they're never going to be Konami or Shuri or Mayu or whatever else, mm. but, or be, you know, someone that can take to you a know, mat game like a Micah or a Utami, but they can throw blows and sell and scream and shout and do moves off of that and, and you know, strong style or whatever else. And they're, they were both good at that. And I think that's the reason why, like, her and Tana worked out so well over the, um, over the, the last, you know, almost a year at this point, nine months or whatever else, because, like, Tam is kind of similar in that, like she's she's about like showing, mm. getting emotion out, and like that brawling brings that out. I think that's why they pair together. So, so yeah, I'm thinking about it. It's just uh, like the names are mentioning. I'm like, oh wait a minute. Yeah, I think the names that I've gravitated to the most are all like that. <laughs> As in, I, I must <laughs> there must be something about that style that really pulls. It. Yeah, story story is like a massive deal to me. If you nail story in that and do things like that, then I will get really invested in what you're doing. That's why I'm so to Hangman Page right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm really really yeah. into that. Did, so, did you see the uh, the Julia in Starlight Kid match yet? I haven't seen it yet. I've heard nothing oh, but raving like reviews. <laughs> yeah. it. it like the Zoom obviously like the Zoom and Shuri match from just a technical you know, move, sales, you know, mm. skill, that sort of thing is a better match. But as far as like, like if you are somebody like, if you're somebody that likes Starlight Kid, you will hate Julia's guts. By the <laughs> end of it. You just will. Mm. Even if you like Julia, like if you like Starlight Kid even a little bit, you'd be like, this is beyond a pale. This is ridiculous. What are you mm. doing? <laughs> no, Mamisha does a really good job. <laughs> I can't wait to say it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've not seen that yet, but I have. I can use the toilet again in my bathroom. <laughs> it's not covered in dust anymore. <laughs> so there's priorities. Yeah, priorities. <laughs> I could just sit there watch wrestling, <laughs> or you know, do something I maybe need to do it. <laughs> we made a mistake of not taking it. We got a little stand for toilet roll. We made a mistake of not taking that out before the work was done. So that's like four rolls we got to chuck in a pandemic. That is not a good thing that's happened there. That's a Damn. yeah. I'm in danger of going into an even bigger topic, and I feel like this is the that's me making that statement is the perfect statement to talk about living it large with that dollar dollar. It's Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Let's talk about Cameron Grimes. <laughs> uh, yes, you can go from a toilet roll stand to Cameron Grimes <laughs> with all of that money. Uh, I absolutely love Cameron Grimes falling into money. <laughs> so I would just. It's because he is like the commonest of the common. He is not a. He does not. He, he does not know how to be rich, and it's just. Uh, I, and I love it because of that. That is the. That is some of the like best parts of like um watching pro sports or whatever else. So mm. for example, like I, I don't know how this works as far as like um you know um clubs club leagues or whatever else, mm. but like. Um, as far as like the NFL and the NBA, when you see like guys or, or just, you see guys and they get like, you know, they, they're going to, you know, sign for more money than they, than they've ever had before. That sort of thing. And it's like, it's this nice thing, but it's also that part where it's like, they're getting 
they're getting a certain amount of money that like you know because of class you know because of the class stratus i'm mm. um, sorry because of you know stratosphere of classes or, or stratification of classes like they quote unquote don't know how to act with it and like mm. this falls in line with that um just on the class thing where it's like i don't know if you've ever heard of this show called the beverly hillbillies i have heard of it it's yeah a, it's, it's a classic black and mm. white comedy from back in the day where long story short a family um, of, of country folk basically uh, become oil tycoons and they move to Beverly Hills and their neighbors are and they mm. basically are like fish out of water like dealing with the neighbors like Cameron Grimes is basically like Ted Clampett like when he Ted Clampett shooting shooting you know hunting and mm. ends up hitting um, oil and it comes out the ground and he's rich as opposed but this time it's just Cameron Grimes as his, as his wrestler that that basically lucked into some stocks and now he's filthy sick and rich and is like <laughs> is he either going to be great because he has no business with this money and he's going to be disrespectful <laughs> yeah. and stupid and he's an idiot or he's going to lose it and it's going to be even funnier because he's stupid and an idiot and doesn't <laughs> doesn't deserve that money to begin with anyway yeah. like either mm. way this is a win because he's just acting like so dumb it's, it's mm. fantastic I love it I really do <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, t- how much did he lose in this show alone? Like 30, 40 grand? <laughs> it's just uh, not, yeah, not making let's wise go, investments. Let's, let's go through the story. Let's go through the story of oh, Cameron yeah. Grimes on the show, and then we'll talk about how I love this so much. <laughs> so uh, he go. He's been watching the Ted DiBiase clip from back in the day. Well, it's a classic yes. clip. It's one of my favourites yes. from the era. Where he gets a little kid, an adorable little kid, <laughs> and I think um, earlier in the show they even showed him with his mum and things. So that I, I, I have watched the, episode, the show where it happens, and okay. uh, they build it up, and then he gets things like, right, if you can dribble it ten times, and the kid's like, all right then, and he goes for it, completely oblivious. Every adult knows what's about to happen, <laughs> but the kid is absolutely oblivious. He's like, I can do this, <laughs> and he's go for it. And he's going for it, and I think he gets to eight or nine, and Ted DiBiase puts his foot underneath the basketball, and the kid, the look on his face, it is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> like, he cannot believe what has just happened. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it, the clip is like 20, 30 years old. I know it's going to be 30 years old at this point. But it, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It, is, it still gets the same reaction out of me. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, and it's one of the things that I don't think will ever age. Just amazing comedy. But... Um, Cameron Grimes here is like, well, he's the rich guy. I'm going to do what that rich guy did. Uh, people are going to respect me, just like they did Ted DiBiase. Uh, it's just the fact that whenever he goes, he, he's trying to treat it like it's his own thing. Like like there's that guy from school who would tell a joke, but all he's doing is he's repeating jokes he's heard a stand-up comedian say. As in, he's just... Right. Uh, and if you've seen that show, you're like, come on, man. <laughs> it's just, right. And they're selling it as their own. Like there's no one, no way anybody would hear this Eddie Murphy joke from 1984. Yeah. Like yeah. it's Eddie Murphy. Yes, someone <laughs> heard it. Yeah, so this is actually he's doing that, and I love that everybody immediately is like, "What?" Like the Ted DiBiase thing. <laughs> it's just every time. So the first guy he does it, Cameron goes like, "Oh, that's a genius idea," and he just goes to a guy backstage who I did see on Twitter was like, "Thanks for the money, Cameron." <laughs> it's just, but he, uh, yeah, so he gets him to dribble it ten times, and then he just does it ten times. And the camera guy's like, wait, what? I didn't think you'd be actually be able to do it. <laughs> it's like, you meant to put your foot under and stop me from dribbling. It's like, oh, I should have watched the end of the video. Oh! <laughs> he just gets so angry, he just storms off. Uh, I thought that was great. Uh, then when we go back to him, he's on, where was he? Was he just, he's outside somewhere. I want to say, like, just a 
housing area, maybe. Yeah, just outside mm. in the dangerous like outskirts of any WWE facility. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. very dangerous. <laughs> so, well, later on, we'll we'll see how dangerous it gets because we got an all-out brawl in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there's three people sat there looking at and Kevin Guys is talking to them. There's a black guy. There's a WNBA player who screamed WNBA as soon as he saw her. But Cameron Grimes, oblivious. It's fine. <laughs> then there's a blonde girl who I didn't get any stats on. I didn't. I don't. I don't know who that was. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. stats. Do your research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and one of my favourite things of this little bit was just where he's now thinking about how you do this. And he's now got to choose which is the perfect person to pick here. And he has to find the mark, yes. Yeah. And immediately he's like, it could be you. It and then he looks at the black guy, he's like, probably not you. <laughs> and then goes across, it's like, oh the little subtleties there, but it, it did make me laugh. <laughs> then he looks at the, the the black woman and it, like as you're looking at her, you're just like There's something about you. And then as soon as she stands up, it's like, ah, WNBA player. <laughs> but it's just the way that yeah. she would sit in there, it's like, if she felt like it. <laughs> it's just, and the camera grabs, like, I've made a mistake. <laughs> she, st- she stood up and she just kept going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, it, and it, but he still believes in the con. He knows what to do now. He's going to stick his foot underneath when she's dribbling. So, and it's just the way that he essentially wound up to do it as well, <laughs> just so dramatically, and swings his foot underneath, and then she bounces it between her legs and uh, does do, like to generally avoid him. And uh, where's my ten grand then? And he's so angry, <laughs> he got him, uh, and then they all walk off again. He loses another ten grand. Then later in the show, he's in the parking lot. He finds one last mark, <laughs> one last person to do it on. And he's absolutely frustrated. He's so angry. <laughs> when the person yeah. goes, what, like the Ted DiBiase thing? He's like, yes, like the Ted DiBiase thing. Just fuck, dribble. <laughs> it's a bloody dribble. And it gets the person to... Oh, I apologise to people listening via headphones. I got into the character too much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the accent. It's all right. It's a camera grab. <laughs> do the jump. So then, uh, yes, yeah, so he gets the guy to, he gets the guy to uh, do the dribbling. And he's basically just shouting at him to do it. <laughs> so just dribble. Just do it. He's so desperate to con somebody <laughs> to do the Ted DiBiase thing. And the guy dribbles one and then two. And I think Cameron Grimes realised... He just... Ugh, it just depends on frustration. He can't figure it out. So he just punches him in the face. <laughs> knocks him down. And he's like, oh, oh, there is... there is Money does bring happiness. <laughs> and he's all jolly yeah. and just skips away and things. But, yeah... No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, the, the best part about that is, you know, he loses a thousand dollars the first time, loses a thousand dollars to uh, to the lovely lady, and then this time he's so frustrated again, you know, not being able to con somebody, screw somebody over. He, you know, he two dribbles, decks to do, uh, drops him, and then he celebrates. You know, money does buy happiness, and he throws all this money <laughs> yeah. in the air. And, like they pan away from him and pan over the guy that the, the dude that's knocked out and you see all the money and it's like bro you just lost more money on the one that you quote unquote won than like the other two combined <laughs> yeah. you idiot and it's like I cannot wait till this dude goes I, look, I, I know this sounds like hating I understand this but this is fake I can't wait to this. I can't wait to this cartoon character goes broke it's gonna be fucking hilarious it's, it's gonna be yeah. the best it's yeah. gonna be a sham shambles i said yeah and it's it's arguably the nxt story i'm into oh i'll say the second most <laughs> i won't bring it up that much <laughs> 
But I am in to see him again. Yeah, that episode where he turns up just a broken man. <laughs> He's lost everything. Yes. Um, like he wrecked yeah. a Lamborghini last week. Mm. Yeah, it's just like he... yeah. <laughs> just... It, it's it's gonna come. It's gonna come hard on this dude. It is gonna be hilarious. Mm. Hilarious. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just commend commend what they're doing creatively with this because I feel like with that. I mean, I love this character, and it is wrestling. There could be a chance to try and stick with the character, keep going. However, as a character arc. This man has got to lose everything because it's just a perfect beat. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, I will say this: he's done so well with this that if they eventually decide to like let this ride for like, where he's rich, sticking rich for like however long it needs to go, mm. I'm 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 okay with it because like even while he's sticking super rich, he's still an idiot and is hilarious and is losing money despite mm. himself at the time while he's sticking rich. Yeah. It's like. Either way, I'm still good with it. But I, I know that, like there is going to be some crowning moment or some spectacular moment when he loses all that. that you, you just imagine he's like, that's going to be one of the best moments of 2021 in television wrestling. If he goes <laughs> broke like, soon. Like, either way. So either way, whatever they want to do, I'm good with. Like, they, can, they, they, have, they have creative goodwill with this one. They mm. absolutely do with me. <laughs> right. So let's move on. To Casey Catanzaro with Caden Carter versus Ajaya Lee, and I think it—I think it was—it was James, yeah, earlier today, uh, commenting on the fact that a uh, creepy lass on the chair forgotten her name, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's got a Twitter account. Obviously, this a hundred-year-old empress trained by the dragon. Thousand, thousand, em- thousand, thousand, not thousand-year-old thousand, thousand empress trained by the ancient dragon in the ancient ways of the hashtag and the emojicons. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a little weird, it's a weird trope in WWE, where again, where everybody has a certain thing, and it for this one specific character, doesn't make sense for this to be a thing, if you're keeping it up. However, right. everybody has a Twitter account, so you've got to, uh, I guess. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can have a Twitter account but you don't have to tweet like you know mm. Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Oh he yeah, had a Twitter account. He never used it mm. um, until he got out of WWE and used as a promotional tool to you know to pump New Japan, his stuff, to mm. New Japan and stuff in AEW and ever wherever else. That's fine. My thing is, if you're going to make one, just because you need to get the followers, you know, because say that like we, you know, everybody on the roster has to have one. Cool. You have to come up with some story saying that like Boa or Zia Lee is tweeting from this account, mm. or, or you know somebody is in charge of this account that is a part of uh, that is a part of, of this Karen Q project. Mm. Uh, otherwise, it's like it, it, it just, you just you're sitting here feeling like, well, why the hell does the Undertaker have a Twitter account while he's a dead man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of kayfabe breaking unless you give a logical reason why it would work. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, well, what good does it do you? To like, what end does this, to what end does having a, you know, a Twitter account help this mm. particular person that's running this character? Like, if this is, it's one thing if it was like, you know, Karen Q still had her own personal Twitter account, but that's not what's going on. This is the mm. Twitter account for this character, and this character will absolutely never have a Twitter account. What the hell even is Twitter? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I will say I am really enjoying the Jaili and Bo kind of build the doing and whatever. Uh, was it Tian Shah? Is that what Karen Q is called now? 
Tian Shao. I can't pronounce it. That's why I'm not even trying. That's why I'm calling by her by her old name because I can't I can't pronounce it. I don't even know how to spell it yet. Yeah, I know you put a kind of twang and he's like Tian like that. I guess in a way. We'll wait till the announcer says it and gets it all wrong, and I'll do what she says. That's the rule. Fair enough. But yeah, I. Yeah, I'm really into it. I'm really liking it. My only critic, I really liked the animation they did for the backstory. I got really into that. My main critique has been immediately after they showed that video, Beth Phoenix was like, what, we've got to believe she's a thousand years old. What's this? <laughs> it's just like, why are you doing that? <laughs> no, take that out of the script. Why are you, why are you like covering your backs in case somebody critiques it for being silly by you critiquing it for being silly yourself on your show? It's fine if someone critiques it for being silly. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. I like it, except I don't think it's right for what NXT was billed as. If this was the mm. main roster, if this was Lucha Underground, go nuts. Mm. But this was this was built <laughs> this was built as like the promotion of Adam Cole, the Undisputed, and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, mm. real characters you can sink your teeth into. Or, you know, even like someone like a Sami Zayn or or um or Kevin Owens, that sort of thing, like even even back when Finn Balor was around with the war paint on, that was just war paint. It wasn't the Demon King. They, oh, yeah, didn't, pull, yeah. they didn't pull they didn't pull that one out until the main roster until Vince got a hold of that. So, mm. um, you know, it is a departure from the NXT we used to know. And like, it's you know, you look at Cross and Tarot cards, and you look at um, you know this, and then you look at like Loomis, and and you're just like, yeah, this is not the NXT of 2000. You know of, of of 2019 or 2018 or or previous, it's just like we're we're on to something else, and like I don't know how to let that go, and I don't know how to judge it differently from what was the standard before, and like I miss it, I really mm. do, I really do. <laughs> Yeah, this absolutely screams Lucha Underground, especially, especially with the <laughs> like the the ancient thing of thousand years ago. That is that is pure Lucha Underground, and I, yeah, I am somebody who absolutely loved Lucha Underground when it was on, and it's one of those things I should probably go back to and check it out. But I introduced me to so many wrestlers, but I uh, yeah, it is it is one hundred percent something like that, just with the Chinese culture. I mean, Lucha Underground dabbled. A little bit in Chinese culture, but only so Pentagon could beat up three women <laughs> in an amazing episode, by the way, where he faced off against oh, the three. Oh, Japanese. Wait, oh, was, was, oh. It Japanese? was it Triad Japanese or, or no? No, I'm sorry. What was the name of the Lotus? Uh, what were they? Were, were Kyrie and Eo in Mayu? Um, were they built as Chinese or Japanese? Because oh, I thought it was like a Triad thing, and the Triad thing's uh, Chinese. But if they right. weren't built right. as that, and there were just three wrestlers. Then they would have been billed as Japanese. I cannot remember. Okay. Yeah, I remember I, it, was, it was called Lotus something. Yeah, because I thought the head lass that it was trying to get to fight, uh, I thought right. she was Chinese, but okay. I can't remember her name. <laughs> and I can't remember anything about her other than she same, was the head one. Same. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So uh, again, absolutely amazing episode. And yes, there is an Io Shirai versus Pentagon Junior match from. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing <laughs> go and <Yeah>. watch it <laughs> yeah you will, you will even unlike uh, this week this week you will be able to see Kyrie Sane wrestle on that show <laughs> amazing uh yeah anyway let's, let's tangent back in but yes this was a thing of Jai League character wise sent a message to Casey Ketazaro last week marking a, hen, a hand like an evil pirate I'm assuming there's, you know, there's history of that in Chinese culture other than me with my, well, pirates did it. 
<laughs> trying to think. Is it the black um, mark? There must be multiple kind of yeah, of, yeah, yeah, sexual I, circles. They, yeah. they had um, the homie Shafu do that to Boa in Zaya, you know, a, you know, before mm. they actually got a, you know, a, a training slash brainwashed or whatever else. Mm. So like that, that is, you know, that that was like the that, that is a part of this act. Like this wasn't like they pulled out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah, and I. Yeah, so I like that happening. Uh, kind of, it, was, it was the fact that she made a threat and this week she followed through. They didn't just like yeah. do a match in which Zaya Lee won and that counted as, well, I beat you up, blah, 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 blah. No, she legitimately tried to injure her and that was the point. And the referee stopped the match. And it's like, ah, the, re- the match has been stopped because she's been hurt, which is the, the exact words that Zaya Lee made last week. I absolutely love the fact they followed through with that. It's, it, again... Main roster, they say one thing last week and this week they adjust it a little bit, but technically it fits type of thing. Here, it is word for word what she said would happen is what happened. As in, you knew what you were going to do next week when you wrote that bit last week. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's long-term story. It's not. It's still short-term. As in, point B, when you, as in, when you wrote that thing, you knew, what, you knew you were going to do that thing later down the line. That's long-term story. <laughs> this, again, this is one week. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> point being it yeah it, i really like that it followed through like lee feeling as dangerous as ever uh just against yes. a quick competitor in case against zara who was able to dodge and counter a lot of the offense uh for me best part of the match was easily when jaya stomped on casey's knee before then just dragging her by the hair inside the ring she felt like such a badass whilst doing that and then the referee stops yep. the match because uh, Casey's injured her, her knee. But the main point as well be that that pisses off Caden as well, setting up Jaylee versus Caden Carter later down the line. Could they possibly build to take over for this? Or is this just straight up NXT? I mean, obviously it will take more weeks to build. Oh, I'm an idiot. I just remembered on the episode Jaylee says, you're next, <laughs> as in on this right. show. So again, in a week or two, it's going to happen. So yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, Murray with the uh, little thing of hmm. If only Social Suplex had a podcast about Lucha Underground. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Great Consequences podcast. Um, it is Caleb, um, and it is it is uh, Greg, and they talk about you know their love of Lucha Underground, um, and they go through episodes or whatever else. Um, yeah, I, I, I just didn't feel, I didn't know when I was going to get that in, but I'm glad you <laughs> gave me the opportunity to, to put that over here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the presentation of it. I like this as a next act for the character. Uh, it's, yeah. they're not doing anything crazy yet with Jai Lee. I mean, so, <laughs> given what we've seen so far, I would class none of that as doing something crazy. We'll wait until there's something supernatural. That's when I go, okay, you've jumped the shark a bit. <laughs> but, yeah. Like so far... Like, when it's been action, it's just been, like, showing off the training. Which, again, in terms of they knew where they were going with it when they showed us the video of them training. As in, when you watch them wrestle in the ring, it fits the style of training they were doing. So that all builds and fits in perfectly. <coughs> and, yeah, I'm enjoying the act so far. I'm interested to see where it goes as it elevates. But right now, we're in character-establishing era. Uh, will we see Bo wrestle? Or is he just going to stand there... But like maybe he'll wrestle when Matrix Four comes out as <laughs> he stands out in his chainsaw. Oh God! <laughs> it's just yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> but, well, I'm interested to see what his character is like given this presentation. But I'm all behind Jai Lee right now. Like they don't need to. 
because Jai Lee is so interesting, uh, they can keep that up. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I don't really have much to add. Like I, hmm. um, I, I, I remember watching this stuff and just been like, she needs to go on a win streak for a long time. Hmm. So, you know, she had lost to Casey and um, Kaden. Now it's time to get that back and you know go from, go from there. Um, I don't I don't know what her ceiling is, um, but you know, it even gets her up to the mid card women's division. That's a step up because she was you know she was the the like she was the lowest prelim person that got regular TV time. Yeah, it, yeah, um, I'm yeah really happy to see see the start of presentation for it and um, all in to see where it goes. Uh, next up, Drake Maverick and Kelly and Dane with their happy chipper little music versus grizzled young veterans and right. So Murray got me to do a Scouse accent on my Yakuza Zero stream on Twitch for one of the characters. So uh, I've written it in my notes to do a Scouse accent <laughs> for Zach Gibson. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I'm now realised, oh God, it's half past two in the morning on a day I've been cleaning tile dust. Shit, why did I write this in? <laughs> I haven't got a throat anymore. <laughs> right. Soon to be... No, it's not happening. I tried it. Soon to be... Recognised as number one. <laughs> that's that's what you're getting. That's all right. I gave it a go. I'm, I've proof I have no throat left. <laughs> it was not happening. Any, Zach Gibson is amazing. <laughs> you can tell by my attempted failed impression. I even looked up and to the left to give kind of like direction for the voice to be thrown. <laughs> it still didn't work. Uh, but yeah, I the reason I like Gibson on veterans is again Zach Gibson is an absolute heat magnet and he's amazing. Again. The crowd won't be realistic until they start piping in the take your shoes off for Gibson. And if you hate Gibson, (laughs) none of those chants. Like when I watched Drake as well, as in it was during TakeOver, I realised, oh, he's got his own face on his arse. Oh, that was the truth. (laughs) He's got his own face on his arse. (laughs) That was uh, one of my favourite ones from there. Gibson, they have so many great chants and they don't pipe in any of them. (laughs) It's just generic stuff. It's the only thing missing from them. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I really like them as an act. To be fair, this is like establishing them as characters without the crowd participation, <laughs> let's say. They can get away from that and just establish themselves right now. And uh, like Gibson Veterans uh, out here with the heat after taking out MSK. And Zach Gibson was on the mic about uh, bragging about injuring Wesley. I think he said he broke his hand. And I think Wesley is Desmond Xavier. Is that who Wesley yes. is? Yes. NXT yeah. name generators just done me in here, as in... And then we saw the uh, announced class of NXT people coming in, and I'm like, I've not got my head around MSK yet. <laughs> Introducing this bulk of people, I am screwed. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, Dane and Maverick catching the lads off guard with their unorthod- unorthodox, a big and little dynamic. I did, I did get a little laugh out of Zach Gibson calling them Shrek and Donkey. <laughs> it's just because yes. of the big and little dynamic. Uh, but that was before the strong teamwork isolated the smaller Drake for the ticket to mayhem uh, and got the win. And later in the show, we did see Killian Dane carrying Donkey to the injury table where uh, somebody... Oh, it was... Um, I forgot his name. Alexander Wolf. Thank you, yeah. So Alexander Wolf approached them with his German accent, unless he's Austrian. I... <laughs> he takes me. Walter's Austrian. But yeah, is... I think Wolf is German. Yeah, I think Wolf is actually German. Correct me on that, uh, Mizzy. But yeah, I yeah, I, I really like the dynamic of him saying, what happened to you? You used to be a monster. 
But at the same time, he blatantly cares for Maverick now. So it's like a kind of like it's a little thing where you can see the internal conflict where he generally cares, but he also he, he feels like he might be losing a bit of respect by not being that monster. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was that. Anyway, yeah, what do you make of uh, Dana Maverick versus Wilson Veterans? Um, good match. I you know um, they it was a good match outside of you know the stuff they do they normally do where it's like the 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 frenemy spots where it's like I'm going to use my tag team partner as a weapon or whatever else you know they um, but once they got past that in the, in the first couple of minutes like the match was actually good it was just short and that's one of the things that's like is irritating me with NXT lately is like the mat, the bell time is like so much less of a percentage of the show than it used to be. It feels like anyway. Mm. Uh, but anyway, like for what it was, it, it was fun. Um, and I did like the, I did like the touch of use, you know, of um, Dane carrying uh, Maverick into the uh, into the trainer's room, and then you see uh, Eichner and Bartel walk by, mm. like, and then all of a sudden, like, they pan the camera. Or, or actually pulling it tight to Dane, and then they zoom out, and you see Wolf is like giving the sanity stuff, and you're like, "What happened to you?" <laughs> I, I did like that. Like, I don't know where this is going. I don't. I don't necessarily want this to get like super emotional. What will uh, Killian Dane do? Uh, as far as like, I, I, I mean, I really don't have any. Uh, I really don't do not care for him being in um, Imperium. If that were to be, be a, an option, but mm. um, I did like. I did like that. That that like carried touch of like yeah this man has changed mm. yeah it well it reminded me of something and I've completely lost it because I started van- it led me on a tangent internally then I went on to the Dave Chappelle SNL episode where it kicks off Maya Rudolph just going but I'm Aunt Jemima <laughs> I was just laughing my head off inside my head <laughs> so I've completely forgotten what boy was going to say <laughs> it's just that's a very funny episode of SNL for back from November <laughs> but you know, why am I plugging inside that live they don't need my plugs <laughs> but yeah I um, yeah I yeah I'm, I'm kind of with you yeah, I. It reminds me a bit of um, uh, there's a Crash Bandicoot game where it's Crash Bandicoot and the villain Neocortex, uh, and you played as both of them. But the point being that because they were enemies, they would use the other one as the weapon to kind of do stuff like that. And <laughs> so that's the that's the kind of frenemies part of it. Uh, but if they are going a bit more big man cares for little idiots <laughs> kind of thing. Then yeah, I can see. I mean, I'm quite interested to see the uh, like member sanity just kind of build off of that. As the uh, like, oh yeah, I do remember sanity. Yes, <laughs> and you can kind of use it. <laughs> so, oh yeah, this world has continuity. I keep forgetting that. I keep I keep forgetting because NXT's in the WWE bubble that it doesn't actually adhere to their non-continuity world <laughs> on the main roster. Like, oh no, yeah, you do remember things and they do come back. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, they these characters do know each other. The commentators don't yeah. go. You don't have the commentators saying, oh my god, what's this move we've never seen before? Because they'll. They'll know yeah. the name of it and they'll just call the name of the move like right. Excalibur. Yeah, so yeah. Like they don't like they don't do like le- or end of an era between Triple H and Undertaker and pretend like WrestleMania 17 never happened. <laughs> yeah. So, no, yeah, it'd be brought up. <laughs> it definitely happened. Uh, yeah, so uh, we have we've got one more match to talk about, but I'll there was a segment that was after the next match, but I'll talk about it now so that we don't end the show on it instead. Uh, we did get a promo from LA Knight, the former Eli Drake. 
with uh, when's LA Knight going to debut promo from his car like a late 30s recent divorcee. And he's <laughs> kind of got his red shades on <laughs> with his red jacket in his car. <laughs> so James kind of breaks down of a little gag. I, was, I, was, I laughed at myself when I wrote it. <laughs> but yeah, he's... Uh, yeah. But as soon as I saw that promo, I was like, that's all I could think. <laughs> that's all that's in my head. <laughs> yeah. the, the missus got the house. He's yeah, for, he's looking for a condo. Yeah, sad shit. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that that that's not his character. I think he's meant to be showing off wealth, but I just read that as the wife took everything, didn't she? <laughs> you, you got nothing but the car, and your I guess combination of jackets and shades because <laughs> it was blue shirt, blue shades last week, red jacket, red shades this yeah. week. He's, he's he's been allowed to keep all of his clothes, so he's got that. But she took the house, she took the dog, <laughs> the kids, everything. He's not got anything. Uh, again, that's not his character, but <laughs> because of the way this promo went, <laughs> that's all it took from it. He gave a whole Eli Drake, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock combination promo, as all of his promos are. It's weird that I do essentially like the character, but I can't not hear those, diff- those influences when I'm watching him. As in, he doesn't feel yeah. his own man, weirdly, even though he has his own little quirks and things. I liked the dummy stuff in Impact with the button. <laughs> that, that kind of, it, was, it was goofy, but I liked it. Um, I don't think he'll carry that over. But I do like how they're no, having him like get over his strongest aspects first. Like his, his, uh, his mic game has always been pretty high, even if it does really strongly yeah. emulate others. It's his strongest asset. So having him introduce himself this way, I think, is the best way. Just, you know... Maybe don't accidentally emulate him as, you know, <laughs> just a, a late 30s guy who's just going through a tough time. <laughs> so this is, that's not what his character's meant to be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, are, any comments on Eli Drake? Um, Eli Drake, I, I, I like him as a promo, obviously. Um, you know, the rock stuff, the awesome stuff. I mean, there's also some flair that pops up from, from now and then, too, with mm. him. Um, but I think I think that you know, if we weren't all old guys watching wrestling, we wouldn't really recognize that as much. Mm. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, either way, he's, he's a talented talker. I like I like his um, I like his uh, what's the word? Um, conviction as as he delivers mm. his word. So um, yeah, I'm 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 interested to see what he does. You know, he's not some super worker, but. Um, you know, obviously you gotta they have to find a story to put him into to get him some heat starting out, and then they'll go from there. But like, I, you know, I, I, that's that's how I would do it. I wouldn't just like have him go out there and say, "Yo, go impress us with your ring excellence." That's not that's not what it is with him. Like, you gotta have to get him some heat first, and then then get him some emotion for whatever match you know, big match you have him set up for. So I'm mean, interested to see where he um who he ends up um having a program mm. with or who he pisses off or who he interrupts and gets into it with. Yeah. 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 Exactly the same. He's, I mean, that's a sign of a success in terms of introducing a character is interest to see how he arrives on the actual scene. It means they've done a good job to yeah. actually create intrigue for what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, decent stuff. Again, it's his second week, not really that much to talk about, but it's more like we are familiar with the guy. I've seen him before, know what he's all about. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, Again, interested to see what it does in NXT. Right, we've got one more match to talk about. 
as we uh, end off this show where I, again, I realise with the titles of these, I've always tried to uh, use, I've been trying to keep the titles kind of like, oh, what's going to happen at this, with this event? What's going to happen with this character? But this week was, why, I wanted to call it Why Sting Why. Last week was Three Men and a Baby. I think I've fallen off <laughs> the, the, the horse a bit. <laughs> Just going off with, uh, what, what comedic thing can I call it this week? Which will give absolutely no hint to what I'm meant to be talking about. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh. At least on the image now, I've got a... If anyone needs a little PNG, a little Adam Cole, a little Adam Cole. I've got one now. <laughs> Just, if you, need, if you need a little Adam Cole, <laughs> for any, whatever reason. Uh, anyway, tangent alert. Let's go to the final match to talk about. No disqualification. Parking lots are dangerous. It's Karen Cross versus Santos Escobar. And this was billed as no disqualification. And throughout the night, you saw William Regal getting frustrated that Santos Escobar still had not rocked up. And uh, obviously you got Karrion Cross kind of building to it. I did like how they subverted us with Karrion Cross's entrance starting as we saw the Phantasma lads guarding an SUV in the split screen. I did like that. However, uh, Cross was outside as well. <laughs> he subverted us. He wasn't in the ring. Uh, but Santos was using law. He wasn't in the car. <laughs> it was a genius move from him. But yes, parking lots are dangerous. And like... Not even, like, carrying fighting back with your everyday parking lot pickaxe. <laughs> he could not hold... He could not stop the... Uh, the I can't remember the name. Uh, Phantasma guys. <laughs> he could not stop the Phantasma men from uh, winning their ambush. Uh, it's like, no wonder that place is so dangerous. It's like the underneath of a wrestling ring. <laughs> like, why is there a pickaxe in this parking lot? <laughs> what is going on? Oh, yeah. It was a cool missed spot <laughs> kind of thing. But, like, the plan to beat down the bold... The plan was beat down the bold lad all the way to the ring and then pin him with the numbers game. Uh, but it was building to an almighty cross comeback who, like, first off launched Escobar's men through the barricade. Just threw it and knocked it right down. The numbers game eventually catching up again, allowing the Cruiserweight champion to violently dismantle Cross. But... Be careful when the end is near. That's his catchphrase. I got it in. Escobar reaping what he sowed, paying for his sins, paying the toll trollers, cross tears him a new hole. I got in my video efforts. <laughs> Saito suplex through the announce desk. <laughs> the, that charging forearm to the back of the head, calling the end. Cross came off like a beast following this, a killer, if you will absolutely loved it and uh, I'm keeping talking just for a minute so James can recover <laughs> but yeah I absolutely loved this match I um yeah it was an absolute brawl in the parking lot and then when it came into the ringside kind of area I was like oh this might go a certain way it might slow down a bit and then kind of burst to life but like um Santos Escobar's offense was violent enough <laughs> that it worked and Karen Cross's comeback made him seem like an absolute beast. <laughs> so, yes. All right, you're back in the room, James. Okay, so... I like this match. Um, I think more people like the match than me. I thought the first half it was better than the second half. Mm. Um, I, I, You know, there are things in this match, obviously, three-on-one, like the stuff, the... the um, like, the stuff you have to let slide... You know, that, that mm. the guy can beat three guys is whatever. But, like, it was funny to me when... Have you ever played video game Metal Gear Solid? Yep. Yeah. You remember, like, the sentries that were, you know, that were, the security detail is going around, the Shadow Moses Island, like, you can see in the in the map that you can see their vision is on a 45-degree angle. Mm. Yeah. 
or 90 degree angle or whatever. Uh, so when, when Cross like basically walked like perpendicular up on up, up, up on them and then all of a sudden the last thing like, Ugh! it was like, dude, <laughs> you, I'm a human being that can see, you know, basically 180 <laughs> degrees, you know, mm. like have a, that kind of field of vision. It was like, what, what is this? Right. Mm. So, um, so that, that made me laugh, but you know, like once they started doing, you know, three on one spots and the monster power through power ups and, um, uh, you know, some of the arm stuff that, or shoulder stuff that they did with, uh, crosses, you know, shoulder that got popped mm. out during his natural key flea. Like I, I, I got into it and liked it. Um, I did like the spot where he, he threw the two, uh, he threw Mendoza and wild through the plexiglass. Um, but you know, Ultimately, once they got in the ring, it was just kind of. Um, I did like the 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 part where like, Phantasma is such a is he's such a egomaniac that it's like he has the advantage, and it's a no DQ match. But like he'll just fight, he'll just beat up on a guy when he has the advantage, uh, because he has the advantage, and like only when you know things go wrong, like the other two will jump in. I did mm-hmm. like that. Because he's such a narcissist, <clears throat> um, but you know, it's just like okay, I, you know, I'm straining my credulity enough for for this three one match or whatever else. But you know, at the end, um, I kind of wish that the finish had ended on the the Saito suplex. Mm. Oh, mm. On, I mean, over, I mean, on the um, bottom half of the steps on through the table, as opposed to he does it, then lifts up the carcass and then bring him in and hits the the lesser impactful move on the mat and then finishes him. Like they should have just made it. In my opinion, they probably made off just making it um, falls kind of anywhere. Um, it'd be more effective, with like you know, the the visual of them outside the ring as he's standing over this dude with his all this massacre, all this all this like wreckage of uh, this table and the and the stairs. Like I think that would have been a cooler way to end the show. But whatever, that's that's me nitpicking. But it was a very enjoyable match. Yeah, um, for me, what the reason the moment I realized I was really enjoying it was that Saito suplex and it's just like it built for me it built really well to that point and he hit his finisher in the ring because he hit your finisher in the ring and that's how you end the match I am totally with you it's the <coughs> it's the school of that that's how you do it compared to well I hit a move impactful enough that got a big enough reaction that we should just end there type of thing and that's what I thought the announced next spot was. It's like that was the peak of the match, and then it's just a formality to hit the forearm because um, you're getting the finisher move over for whoever he's facing at the next takeover, or the one after that. I don't know what's happening with Cross. <laughs> he's he's kind of try they're like they're trying out the character in a more babyface role, I guess. Which that's in terms of testing stuff out. He's, NXT's the ground, still- I guess. <laughs> He's still the thing is he's still a heel. Mm. He just fought a dude that's a like that's a, that's mm. probably what a lot of NXT is like. They have such a lack of top baby faces now to where like what they do now is have or or, or they have a lack of top baby faces. So like only thing they really have are tweeners. So mm. then you basically have heels or tweeners or heels versus heels, and the person that acts like, more like a jerk is the heel in the match. Like that's that's kind of a problem. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah. Like, it, I was like, when I was trying to think, who does cross face? I was like, is it Champa again? <laughs> I just don't. I can't think of anybody that he could face. Is it Champa? Or is it Thatcher, another heel? Or hmm. is it, like, Adam Cole? Or is it Finn Balor, who's a tweener? Or is it, you know, Johnny Gargano? It was like, you hmm. look at that whole. And, and this kind of has happened where, like, the NXT title picture is more or less like the guy, like the senior circuit, 
or like you know the the upperclassmen and then like the people that have been around for like less than two years or two years or less or like that is like the North American title picture like you get Bronson Reed, Swerve, Kushida like that kind of thing like there, there's clearly like levels to this and like it pretty much comes down to like were you on a takeover in 2018 or not mm. <laughs> unless, yeah, you're, yeah. unless you're Cross because look at Cross of course that guy can be in the senior circuit yeah uh, if I like if they like I was going to say Punishment Martinez again, but yeah, Damian Priest and <laughs> Keith Lee. I feel like they, if they had stayed in NXT, they would have been, they would have entered that because uh, Keith Lee was champion. Uh, but again, yeah. screaming main roster bound, so, yeah. so obviously you wouldn't. Riddle, Riddle yeah, well, yeah, Riddle's another one. That's a point, had, yeah. If Riddle hadn't been somebody that should be on TV, mm. turned out. But he, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's an one where I feel like in terms of that depth, they've got to make changes in a way they've got them lower down in a way that like Bronson Reed is one in the making he's not there yet at all though yeah. uh, I mean yeah. it, again I really like the guy uh, he again one of those names before WWE that I was impressed by they signed him was like oh this is great to see how he does here uh, and he's impressed me in NXT as well it's just you know it's just time he, he, I reckon he's one of those guys that will get there um, this is obviously others ahead of him in the queue or you know haven't left the queue <laughs> still there uh, he's one of those guys, like have, I felt like he and Swerve are kind of they're of a generation where how are they going to get through to that like next level in NXT just because the one before them hasn't left they've stayed so where yeah. are they going to go uh, it's yeah, yeah. develop their characters and leave but yeah where are they going to go in NXT it's, right um, and when I get and when I get frustrated with NXT or when I've gotten frustrated with NXT over like the last um, let's say half year like, like when you know Cross has a sticker with Keith Lee in the in the final, or sorry, in the in the main event of in your house, and like he's a champion, and then it's like wow, like he was here for two months, he's a champion. What the hell? Um, it's like you see someone like a Swerve, you know, or even someone like you know, we mentioned Riddle and Keith Lee, like they were they came in in like the in 2000, like you know, like the summer 2018 or the fall 2018, mm-hmm. and they didn't really start getting get like getting going until like. You know, the beginning of two, or the very end of 2019 slash beginning of 2020. It's like, mm. why does it take this long? Like, you can throw, like, you'll gladly throw them in matches and have four star matches on TakeOver. Like, why can't you get them elevated, like, in, you know, in a way that, like, you look at Ricochet and, like, Ricochet was, like, night, you know, mm. almost like night one, he was main event material. Like, you, yeah. we've seen you do this. <laughs> why did this change all of a sudden in the span of, you know, uh, a year? It's mm. weird. Um, and I, and you know when I get frustrated, I think of like it's because they they're not able to cycle out of the Garganos, the Champas, the Undisputed Era, the Finn Balor coming back, mm. Charlotte coming back, and it's like it's a glut. Um, and I don't you know like you know the best thing they're doing right now is the you know the Undisputed Breakup Era, Undisputed Era Breakup thing with Finn Balor involved. Like, but at the same time, it's like. When is Swerve someone that has shown shown improved every single time he's been in the ring with a with a Roger Strong with a Gargano you know <clears throat> all these other people when you know when is his when is it going to be his turn to you know quote unquote add to the legacy of NXT and it's like nah he's just basically like doing this thing with Leon Ruff. yeah there's yeah it's, oh that's that's why I'm interested in this next year where I feel like in these first two months they've really addressed a lot of the issues I had with them last year, which is great to see um but over the course of this year, I feel like that's gonna be an absolutely major one 
is how do they address that with because again there was like main roster people asking if they could go back down to NXT and some being granted but in terms of what NXT is is that actually a good thing or will NXT evolve maybe solve a few of those issues where I, I think the I think it could potentially be a good thing if they didn't have like this thing to where like Finn Balor just cannot be pinned, mm. right? Like Charlotte just cannot do a job. Like in a situation where like you know they claim it's a third brand and they actually and, and if they actually did treat like a third brand outside of one night, at, you know that Survivor Series 2019, like if they actually treated where like you come here, you are here, you you are going to win and you are going to lose and you are going to help get people over and you are going to have you know. You know, matches that you used to have, or better matches you were having the main roster, fine. But like, that's not that's not just it. Like Finn Balor's having like his best run in NXT he's ever had, compared especially compared to his first run. But like at the same time, like when he came in and he beat Riddle, who at the time we didn't know about what we know about Riddle at the time. Like when he mm. beat Riddle, was like, what the hell is this? Like then he beat Johnny, and you're like, well, what's going on here? Mm. And now he's a champion. He's you know he's he is you know one of the very best things on the show now. But it's like. It was an adjustment. It's like, okay, so like he's not actually going to be a part of this thing. He's just really just a main roster guy being protected and not doing jobs on um, with the rest of these guys that are supposed to be like this next crop of talent. And I felt like that was, you know, that was very that was stagnating the roster. And now it's like even more because like Johnny Johnny, you know, is NXT for life, undisputed era. Who knows when the hell they, you know, what the hell they do? I think they're just gonna be NXT for life as well. And it's like Champa, you know, I'll never, I'll retire if he send me to the main roster. So um, they they have to figure out how to have that cl- use that utilize that class to get over the next batch of people. And then like after that point, like you got to start cycling these dudes out of every other takeover to make room for the new guys. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I will say the women's division, I feel like, in the second half of 2020, we've really got to see them kind of grow and move into this current era. Mm-hmm. And like seeing Bianca Belair, yes, it sucks seeing Bianca Belair leave and do nothing on the main roster until like the second half, or maybe like the final quarter of the year when she went on to SmackDown. And mm-hmm. in terms of like Ray Ripley as well, where, again, she's not been on NXT ever since the big match against Raquel Gonzalez. And she's at the Rumble, nothing, and like a month later gets a single coming soon promo on Raw, and that may be another sign of, do they actually have any plans for her? But they are hyping her. <laughs> so, but that means there's suddenly spaces and there's room available for people to move into, and that's what the main roster doesn't have. Uh, there's, right. yeah, we've seen Keith Lee move up. We've seen, I was going to say Punishment, we've seen this again, eventually. <laughs> I remember, Damien Priest. We did the whole DP thing. <laughs> like, surely that's oh, not enough. <laughs> surely. So, yeah. But yeah, I feel, I feel a lot more positive about NXT now than I was like, even just two months ago. Like that, At the end of year, yeah. we're looking back over it. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like they're moving into the future quite well, addressing issues seemingly every month. And I'll, like, I'll, yeah. MSK, like MSK mm. is a breath of fresh air. Like the tag team classic women's oh, and yeah. men's both did a lot of favors. Because, you know, it's that's. That's one of the best things they've done at NXT over the years, especially like uh, 2019 was just incredible that first round. But mm. like, as far as being able to stabilize them to where they can get a chance to breathe and figure out where they want to go and book a tournament to give directions to spring off of it, and then like just have really good matches, like it's just you know one of those things where it's like that's not really normal television booking, but it's just like you know book a tournament or book two tournaments and then set it forward and then like go from there and like 
now we're at a point to where we're past that and now we get to see where they, you know, now that they've had, you know, was it like a month or, or whatever else to figure it out from there, like now let's see what they're imp- implementing. And like, I really like what they did with the breakup thing, um, that angle with uh, mm-hmm. on this show. So, you know, it, you know, I would like to know what the hell um, Karrion Cross is going to do when he's not in the title picture because they you know, immediately made that the thing when he was on before. But like, and it's and it was goofy that like the dude is former NXT champion now like fighting this cruiserweight. But um, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Also, uh, Moe, as we start to sign off now and uh, drift away into the night, uh, yeah, Moe just saying, send the tiny Adam Cole to his DMs <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> tiny Adam Cole. It's little Adam Cole. <laughs> He's so small. Anyway, uh, thank you to James uh, for uh, to uh, for going doing this show with me. Uh, for me, right, you know, slap bang in the middle of darkness. Uh, for James, it's going to be darkness for James now as well. <laughs> so yes, thank you as always yeah, yeah. for joining me, James. Uh, do you want to plug all of your stuff? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jamesboy eighty seven. You can also find um, our podcast One Nation Radio at One Nation Radio. Um, and you know that's part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, so you can go and um, follow at Social Suplex. And I will be back on Tuesday for the Monday Night Raw review. Uh, again, still working on possibly getting SmackDown, uh, but the the reason <laughs> I was talking about tile dust, the house isn't ready. <laughs> I've got the area allocated for it. It's just full of crap. <laughs> I, I can't. The computer is by the side of my bed. Not in use, and on top of it is a bag of footballs because my brother does a um, he does football training as uh, for for kids, and so we have a bag of footballs. We needed somewhere to put it. The space, I guess, on top of my computer. <laughs> I guess a not plugged in computer at the side of my bed it, that can work as a football stand, right? <laughs> that's what makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so again, but that's why I can't do a SmackDown as well I'd, during the day. Not feasible. I'm in a kitchen right now. Not feasible in the middle of a Saturday. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Uh, but in terms of, uh, I guess, extra stuff, I yeah, Twitch, if, uh, which is the implications with the second S, and uh, you can catch me there. I've not been able to do it this week because there was a builder in the house drilling and stuff when I would be live. <laughs> so, um, again, somebody created the tile dust. <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, so I won't be able to do that. And in terms of Aftershocks, I think I've got a week off, and then next week is AW Revolution. So, uh, yeah, last year's show was an absolute banger. <laughs> it was, like, the last great show before everything went to crap. And uh, I... Yeah. Ugh, it's really weird to think back on and uh, how fantastic... How looking forward I was to how AW would do stuff with crowds after they gave everybody, like, shine, like lighting up bracelets and things that looked amazing on camera. And, and they all lit up differently for the different wrestlers as they came out. I was like, oh, that, that looked great. How many weeks away were we from like blood and guts? Was that like the next oh, week or two weeks away? It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was that window, that kind of window, one or two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It might, yeah, it might have even been like next when things were getting bad. It was like, well, are they going to do this? Is this going to be like the final thing? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Like in America, March eleventh was the day when it was like shut this down. Like the second, like Rudy mm. Gobert from the uh, All Star Center for the Utah Jazz, like tested positive. They were like, oh, shut this, and they were like, shut this shit down. Mm. And like everybody, and basically like that happened, like the rest, like the rest of this country more or less like started back to take this, well, I wouldn't say started taking it seriously, we still haven't taken it seriously, but like mm. started, started to actually like give a damn, mm. half of a damn. <laughs> yeah, but yes, AEW Evolution is not this, is it next Sunday? It's not even on a, is it on a Saturday? 
because I know it got it's moved. It's a Sunday. It's, it's a, a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same day as the NBA All Star Game. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's next Sunday, not this Sunday. So, but yeah, I'll be live with Aftershock for right. AW Revolution. I might be joined by a gentleman of the Kingdom of Honor podcast. Um, I've yet to ask him. That's <laughs> I'm doing some James Boyd last, last minute. <laughs> it's like, hey, James, we'll do NXT tomorrow. Uh, okay, right, yes, <laughs> see, see you tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I need to actually hit him up before then. Uh, so yes, that is what is coming up. Also follow me on Twitter at the Damien Blackett. That's Damien. Damn! Oh, see, throat's gone. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening today. Uh, Farouk, Farouk, uh, he needs a drink. <laughs> My Farouk needs a drink. It's not happening. Uh, anyway, so with that, I say thank you for listening, liking, watching, engaging, uh, five star reviewing. If you're listening to podcast thing, uh, clicking the bell if it's on YouTube, so you can get uh, the notifications whenever we go live. Uh, any kind of engagement. Clicking an emoticon on the Wrestling Headlines page. It all counts. It all helps. <laughs> Let me slide. No one clicks those emoticons. <laughs> but they're there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mostly it's really emotional people towards it. It's like, oh, God, this is this is silly. This is... There's people who use emoticons. Hardly anyone does. <laughs> so with that, I, uh, I bid you adieu. And James bids you... Later. Works perfectly for the uh, podcast version. <laughs> nice gap, and then later. Hey, video version. You, you saw him make a hand signal. It was fine. <laughs> it went fine. Anyway, ta-da. Ten.